Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn move related show on the planet Earth, the John Campion Show, coming to you from right here on my YouTube channel. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, and streaming, and all sorts of good things. And I am joined on this fine day right over here is Kimberly Kern. Kimberly, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's good so to have ready. you here. Thank and you. of course, right beside her, the infamous one himself, Mr. Ray Ora. Ray, how Let's you doing? Let's go. <laughs> that is a, oh, I like that mug. I like the plug. Anyway, guys, and we are so glad to have you here joining us on this fine day as well. Here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to break it up into two parts. The first half of the show, we're going to talk about some predetermined topics. Then in the second half of the show, we're going to take your comments and then your question. The first thing we're going to do is take your comments in the second half of the show. If you guys are watching this show live, and only if you're watching live, and you've got a comment, thought, or opinion about any of the topics that we're discussing, you can use the Super Chat feature in the live chat to send one in. Now, I want to emphasize... That is not the place to send in questions. If you send in a question on the Super Chat, we're just going to pass over it, okay? Just so you guys know. That is for thoughts, opinions, observations, or whatever about the topics we're discussing. If you have a question for the show, you can just go down into the description of this video and click on the tip link or enter it in manually at www.streamelements.com slash movieblogtv slash tip. You'll be getting your question read on this show or an upcoming companion video if we deem your question appropriate to use in our show. And of course, you'll be supporting our channel at the same time and all of us involved with the John Campion Show. Thank you guys so very much for your support. Okay, guys, with that down, let's get into it. And we're going to start things off today with an off the top. And the first off the top we're going to talk about is this. Now, you guys know that I am actually a very big fan of the first Venom movie. I loved it. I loved it more than most people did. And then I went into Venom 2. I was really excited that Andy Serkis was directing it. And I had a blast with Venom 2. Absolutely had a blast with Venom 2. Now, I don't know that I liked it quite as much as the first Venom, but I still had a great time with it. I know it wasn't for everybody, and that's totally fine. But the dynamic between, you know, the two, between Tom Hardy and the symbiote, that worked to me amazingly just i could watch an entire movie of just the two of them going back and forth i thought the action sequences with carnage was great you know i just had a really good time with it the movie also as of right now holds the record currently for the biggest opening weekend in the pandemic era and that is 90 million dollars opening weekend that's the current record now of course there is a little movie coming or coming along called spider-man no way home which i'm thinking has a decent shot i think spider-man no way home has a decent shot at maybe overtaking venom 2's opening weekend box office record of 90 million dollars of course they're projecting right now that spider-man no way home could make anywhere between 190 and maybe even 250 million we talked about that yesterday so cl clearly it's gonna blow it away but obviously venom works the audience likes it they go out to support it I mean, it's, it's got not, not Black Widow, not Fast 9, not even the great Shang-Chi. It's Venom that's got the opening weekend record right now for the pandemic era. So it's really no huge surprise that they're going to do a Venom 3. And of course, the ending of Venom 2 with the postcard scene brought some things into question. But now it's, it is official. Venom 3 is now in the, 
the development stage. Uh, Amy Pascal, who's of course the producer on that thing, she has now said it is now officially in the planning stages, but they're going to try to keep their focus right now on Spider-Man No Way Home. This is what's written over at our friends at Coming Soon who write the following. When asked about the future of Sony Pictures' Tom Hardy-led Venom franchise, executive producer Amy Pascal has confirmed that Venom 3 is currently in the planning stages right now. However, Pascal understandably wasn't able to elaborate more about their plans for the third installment following Venom Let There Be Carnage as their current focus is towards the debut of the highly anticipated Spider-Man No Way Home. We are in the planning stages right now, but what we are focused on is getting everybody to come and see No Way Home, Pascal told Collider. Now, of course, this is a no-duh. Of course you're going to make another one, but again, there were some question marks. Ray, I remember... I saw Spider. I saw the first Venom with you. Did I like? Did, were you not there with me when when I saw um, Venom? I'm pretty sure that you were. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was. You had a good time at it. Oh, if I, I, I love Venom. I yeah. love that character. I still haven't seen the second one. I know you um, haven't seen the second one yet, but the, you, you know, know you're gonna get the chance because I want to wait for uh you know it to come on what. Would it come on HBO Max or something like that? Oh, I don't know where it's um, going to come. I don't know where Sony's going to. I'm going to assume. I think. I think they might have a deal with Disney Plus to maybe pop it up on Disney Plus. I can't remember for sure. Yeah, but but yeah, I love the first one. It was I, great. I'm excited for this. Yeah. I I think this is great news. I'm all on board with this. So yeah, sign me up for there being a Venom three. And again, there were some question marks about whether there would be one moving forward. But now it's official. They're doing it, which I think is great. Question is for you guys. What do you think? about this notion that they are already in the planning stages for Venom 3. I really hope Andy Serkis comes back. Whatever you guys are thinking about it, jump down into the comments section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's do one more off the top, and that is this. You guys know that we right now live in an era where there's obviously an awful lot of comic book material being done right like everybody's trying to develop comic book material and even outside of the realms of dc and marvel there's a lot of these places that are trying to find you know i don't want to say obscure but smaller form comics to try to develop that we've heard a lot of that we are also seeing a big surge in production on video game material you know obviously one of the big ones is we got that halo project coming maybe the most uh exciting one is the the last of us one that we have coming arcane is now up on Netflix, which is now officially my all-time favorite animated show, which I, I and I wasn't even going to watch it. I didn't think it looked all that interesting, and it's now my number one all-time favorite animated show, which I'm super excited about and really excited to see season two when it finally comes around. But we shouldn't be then surprised that there is a lesser-known comic book and a lesser-known game that is now officially in development for a TV series, and that is the game and comic book called Battle Chasers. Now, for those of you who may not know much about Battle Chasers, it was a comic book developed like in the late 90s. And then in 2017, it was actually adapted into a video game. I think it was on the Nintendo, I think it's on the Nintendo Switch, if I'm not mistaken, maybe other platforms as well. And basically, I haven't played it myself, but I watched a bunch of videos on it, and it kind of looks like a cross between, and maybe some of you guys in the live chat, I'm already seeing that CJ Caps is saying that they that it is a great game. It looks like a kind of a blend between a Diablo and a Final Fantasy. And because it looks like it uses the Final Fantasy mechanics and it kind of has the Diablo layout. And yeah, it's a bunch of people now are saying that Battle Chaser is actually a really good game. Mm. So it shouldn't be too much of a surprise that a product like that that doesn't belong to Marvel or DC is in the development stage 
for a TV series. Now, what's really interesting about that to me is that according to Deadline, uh, Adam Iscaria, who, if you guys know my documentary, Movie Trailers, A Love Story, which is available now on Amazon, just go on to Amazon and search for Movie Trailers, A Love Story. But one of the producers that appears in my documentary is hitman producer adrian Iscaria. he's also the one behind uh, getting the new johnny quest movie uh, up and running so he's behind that as well but according to deadline right now adrian Iscaria uh, scary is serving as the executive producer of the battle chaser show which will feature visual effects from zoic studios uh colstad had this to say about the following we won't go into those comments but again we live in an era right now where this kind of content is not only being made, but this kind of shows that studios and producers are actively searching for existing IP that isn't already owned under the Warner Brothers DC label or under the Disney Marvel lab label. And I think this is just the beginning. I think in the coming year and a half or so, I think we're going to see an explosion of production companies and, and studios trying to identify and gather up these smaller, lesser, lesser known titles, both from comics and from video games to try to develop them and package them to bring to the market. Because right now we're seeing a surge in that kind of stuff. And I think this could be very interesting. Anyway, guys, the question is for you. What do you think about this? The idea that Battle Chasers is being developed as a TV series. Are you familiar with the comic or the game? A bunch of you guys in the live chat are already familiar with the game. Do you think this will translate well into a series? Whatever you guys are feeling, jump down into the comments section below and let us know your thoughts. And hey guys, I just want to take a second and give a shout out to the sponsor of this video, the good folks over at, once I get focused, Raycon! Raycon the headphones. Now listen, we are approaching the holiday season. You're looking for presents for your friends, family, loved ones, but maybe they're not so close family, friends, and loved ones that so you don't want to break the bank on getting them something. But listen, I was on my treadmill this morning using my Raycon earbuds. These things are great. They sound fantastic. They pair super easy. They have eight straight hours of playtime. The battery can last up to 32 hours. You can use it with your phone because it has a built-in microphone. It is just super convenient. And listen, as somebody who has used the other major brands of earbuds and paid a lot of money for them, I can tell you these things sound comparable and they're like half the price of those other ones. So here's what you're gonna do. The holidays, as I said, are fast approaching. They're coming up faster than you can possibly imagine. And now is the time to go and get the gift of sound for somebody that you know and love this Christmas. And here's what you guys are gonna do. You're gonna go over to the website called buyraycon.com slash campia. Once again, that's buyraycon.com slash campia. And once you guys get there, you guys will be eligible for up to 15% off your order from them. So once again, head on over to buyraycon.com slash campia. And we here at the John Campia Show thank them for supporting this video. Okay, guys, with that down, Let's now move on to our main topics today, shall we? And how do we select our main topics here on the John Campia Show? Well, it's really simple. You see, you guys come up with our main topics. Whenever you come across a big topic, issue, or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe... Just maybe you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on the John Campia show. With that down, Kim, 
What is our first main topic today? Okay, guys. Our first main topic is coming to us from Brandon Arts. Hello, John and team. Me and my wife love the original West Side Story and have been really looking forward to Spielberg's new version of it. Just read an article that says Spielberg refuses to use any subtitles in the movie because he wants to respect the language. I can appreciate that. But what good is it if the audience can't understand what's being said? <laughs> what do you think? All right. Thanks for saying that in, Brandon. Look, uh, the story of me and West Side Story is well known. I haven't been interested in West Side Story, even though my all-time number one favorite filmmaker and the best filmmaker of all time, Steven Spielberg, is the one behind it. Even though the 1961 original won 10 Academy Awards, making it tied for second place of the most Academy Award wins of any film in history, including Best Picture that it won, and even though I can like a good musical. Yeah. Uh, you know, Moulin Rouge is one of my top 20 favorite films of all time. Um, the Greatest Showman with Hugh Jackman is like probably my top 15 or 20 favorite of the last number of years. We just saw Tick, Tick, Boom, which is great. Oh, I love Hamilton. Les Mis is my all-time. Anyway, even though all of that, I haven't really been super interested in West Side Story. But then the first round of reactions started coming out. And I think it's fair to say that that first round of reactions were actually amongst, if not the best reactions we've seen out of any film all year to date, to date. Now, of course, the story of West Side Story is also kind of a, an allegory of dueling cultures mm -hmm. in one confined area of town in New York City, right? So you're going to have multiple languages spoken. You're right. I just found out, although obviously people who have seen the film already knew this, that Steven Spielberg said, oh yeah, there's going to be Spanish in the film, but we're not going to put up subtitles. And I'm like, what? And that's what Brandon's writing in about. This comes to us from the folks over at IndieWire who write the following and quoting Steven Spielberg. That was very important. And that goes hand in hand with my reasoning for not subtitling the Spanish, Spielberg continued. If I subtitled the Spanish... I'd simply be doubling down on the English and giving English the power over Spanish. This was not going to happen in this film. I needed to respect the language enough to not subtitle it. And that comes from the greatest filmmaker of all time, Steven Spielberg. All right. I have two thoughts on this. Two competing thoughts. Thought number one is, good for Steven Spielberg wanting to give as much sense of an authenticity First of all, good for Steve, Steven Spielberg for getting rid of, rid of the dance fighting. One of the reasons I was not looking forward to this, but good on Steven Spielberg for getting rid of the dance fighting, but also good on Steven Spielberg for wanting to give a, a heavier sense of authenticity by not throwing up subtitles. When you're out in the world and you see people speaking another language, subtitles don't magically appear. Unless, sure. of course, you've got Google Translate on your phone, in which case maybe it kind of doesn't. That's subtitles in real life. So I applaud that. Now, listen. As somebody who has not seen this movie yet, okay, I haven't watched it. I'm going to go see it on Thursday. Anne and I are very excited about going to see it. But I'm going to go see it on Thursday. And I haven't seen the film. But there is a question of practicality. Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe you won't feel it at all when you watch the movie. Maybe when I watch this movie on Thursday, I won't even feel this at all. But... It does raise the question. Like I'm trying to think of a lot of movies I've seen that have had foreign languages intermixed with English. And would I have been able to follow this movie at all if there were no subtitles? Like, 
I get it. You don't want to double down on the predominance of English. I get that. But isn't there also an important thing about me as the audience member being able to understand what is happening in the scene? And if I'm not bilingual, at least not bilingual with Spanish being one of those languages, does not does that not put me as an audience member kind of a little bit behind? Maybe yes, maybe no. Again, I might watch this movie and when they're speaking in Spanish, like maybe Spielberg directs the scenes in such a way that you clearly understand what is happening, right? So that might be the case. But I am very curious to see how this works out with no subtitles because I am wondering, how am I going to know what's happening in certain scenes? I don't Kim, you heard about this. Yeah. I, I mean, does this intimidate you at all about going to watch the movie? Do you like, is this bold by Steven Spielberg? Is this maybe a little misdirected? I don't know. How do you feel about this? You know, as someone who failed Spanish one and Spanish two <laughs> twice, twice for the both of them, cannot speak a lick, yet my nephews have been speaking fluent uh, since they were in kindergarten. I'm ashamed. Um, I think I li- I think back to one of my favorite top top favorite films is Seven Samurai by Akira Kurosawa. And I get very distracted when I look at subtitles. And I feel like if a film is really immersing you in um, the emoting of the actors and the scenery and the music, and if the storytelling is there, you don't necessarily have to get every single word. Now, it depends on the story you're telling and how it's being told. So whenever I watch Seven Samurai, I really don't read the subtitles all that much because I'm so immersed in what's happening and the brilliance in the storytelling, which Steven Spielberg is great at that. And also, it's not like this film is 60% Spanish and right. we're just yes. not going to you know, know what's going on. Um, I think if you're looking at the emotion, if the actors are doing their job, if the music is a character in and of itself, and if that character is doing its job, you can tell that guy's angry at that guy. Right. She loves him. <laughs> She's jealous. Oh, she likes him. Oh, the thing she said to that girl, she was talking smack on her. You can tell that. And I think with with Steven Spielberg's storytelling style, I have no doubt that we're going to not only be able to follow, but then just appreciate the culture. Because you're right. When you're out in public, you know, maybe your friends are talking to their mom or something in front of you. You know, maybe what they're saying, like they're they're saying something nice about me. They're pointing to me and talking. Oh yeah, my dad. I can see she's talking about my dad. Or so you can pick up enough to follow the story, and I don't think it's going to be a problem. I think it's really beautiful that he took that into consideration. I do think sometimes you can overcorrect. Yeah. With with the pureness of heart, and if that may be the case, and some people may say, you know, that one scene. Yeah, no idea what was happening. You know, but you know what. If you think back at the time this movie was made and just how I was listening to Rita Moreno, how every single actor that played a different race other than white had the same makeup, like the same number 35, maybe the the racial, um, not just inequality, but people not listening, not paying attention. I think it's really great of him to um, be so aware and to make that decision. And I honestly think the story will be so beautifully told. It's not going to go over our heads. I, I think the key thing you mentioned there too, is understanding that there's probably not going to be many scenes where it's yeah. Spanish. Like we're not going to go through a 15 minute stretch of this. Again, I haven't seen it, 
but I, I can't believe we're going to go through a 15 minute stretch yeah. of this movie where nothing but Spanish is being spoken for 15 minutes. And those people in the audience who don't speak Spanish, Spanish, just be sitting there going, I, I have no idea what's going on here. Yeah. It'll probably be done in shots. And by the way, of all the reactions that I've read, and I know a lot of the people who have given the reactions who don't speak Spanish, I haven't heard one person ever say, but there were scenes in the movie where I didn't know what was going on because there weren't subtitles. So I just think it's going to be very interesting to see interesting. how this actually works out. Anyway, guys, the question is for you. What do you think about this move by Steven Spielberg that he's going to have scenes in Spanish but not put up subtitles? Are you worried that there's going to be too much of that movie that way? Do you kind of believe like we do that it's probably going to be used minimally and in such a way that we're clearly going to understand what's going on anyway? Or do you think this could be a problem for some people? However you guys are thinking about this, jump into the comments section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number two. Kim, what is our second main topic today? All right, guys, this is coming from Dad Jokes. <laughs> Did you see the three-minute Morbius clip that Sony recently put out? It shows the scene where he makes his first transformation. I must say, it looks pretty great. It's funny how violently he kills people in the movie, yet there is little to no blood. Also, do we know who the antagonist in the movie is? I haven't heard anything. Thanks for all you do, and keep on the filthy. All right, thanks a lot for that, Dad Jokes. And look, I have unabashedly unapologetically been very excited for this Morbius movie. I think this movie has so much potential. Jared Leto's an Academy Award winning actor. Um, the guy is just fantastic. And from the trailers, from that first trailer that they put out, I thought this has everything going for it. This feels good. This feels like it's going to have all that atmosphere that I want. Now, granted, it's just a trailer. We've all seen great trailers to terrible movies. I mean, we've seen that all the time, and maybe this will be a terrible movie. But I've had a lot of faith and a lot of belief in this movie for a long time. So then this new three-and-a-half to four-minute long clip gets put out of the first trans transformation of Morbius turning, of, of you know, the guy turning into Morbius. This comes to us from the folks over at Hyperbeast that write, ahead of the upcoming Marvel films release next month, Sony Pictures has now dropped a fresh, exclusive look at Jared Leto's transformation into the living vampire in Morbius. Featured above, the almost four-minute clip shows Jared Leto's titular character, Dr. Michael Morbius, on the brink of death due to his rare blood disease in the depths of a cargo ship. As he and his doctor test a potential cure he has discovered, Morbius reacts terribly to the substance and transforms into the iconic living vampire, lashing out and killing the ship's guards in the middle of a rampage. And once again, that comes to us from the folks over at Hyperbeast. So look, I went yesterday and I, I watched me a bunch of this. I, I'm going to mute this here, but I watched a bunch of this yesterday and I am telling you what, I stopped, rewound, fast forwarded, and did everything I could to watch this over and over and over and over again. This scene was awesome. If you guys have not watched this yet, you need to get over and just watch it. You, let me see if I can get the right freeze frame on here. I'm not sure I can find it. Let me see if I can get there. But the, the thing is incredible. It looks awesome. It looks fantastic. The violence is visceral. And here's the thing. It is the perfect embodiment of what I am always talking about as far as whether or not a movie needs an R rating. I have told people for a long time that, look, the thing is you can do an awful lot of vicious violence yeah. in a PG-13 film. 
as long as you do a couple of things. Number one, the things being brutally murdered are monsters. The things being brutally murdered are robots. Or, <laughs> because you go to the Transformers movies, like there are scenes literally where Optimus Prime shoots a sword out of his arm, grabs a Decepticon's head, and drives a sword through its head. But they're robots. You got the oil so, looking like blood. Yeah, I love yeah, that. yeah. You got the oil. <laughs> and the other thing you can do is just don't show blood. If you don't show blood, you can do the most brutal, horrific, awful things. Actually, Venom 2 is a good example of that. Venom 2, there's a scene where Carnage breaks out. He's in the prison. Mm -hmm. And he starts canceling the subscription to life of a lot of guards. <laughs> like in that scene, a lot of guards had their subscription to life canceled. They were brutally murdered, but they were able to do that because they didn't show blood. And in this, if you go and watch this clip, you know, you even see Morbius ripping out a guy's throat. But what do they show? They show the guy just grabbing his throat and going, and then falling over. And then you realize, oh yeah, but I didn't see blood. When you don't see blood, you can do a lot of violence. And there is some beautiful violence in this thing. <laughs> and I say that as a pacifist, beautiful violence in this thing that looked awesome. And this is a PG-13 movie. I think this looks great. I think it looks fantastic. I cannot wait. Now, again, it's just a clip. This could be a great clip to a very bad movie. I've loved the trailers. Those could just be great trailers to a bad movie. Yes, but I've had belief in this film this whole time. This this clip only doubles down my belief in this movie. I cannot wait to see this. Kim, you had a chance to check it out. What did you think about the clip to, to Morbius? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited for this. And something that I noticed, like, right when he is in uh, the little, little medical room and they're looking for him, something I think that's really cool what they're doing here is you don't see a lot of vampire movies where they're focusing on the vampire transforming from a bat yes to a vampire and i noticed when he fell down he was like almost lightweight and there was this wing sound like this flap sound when he fell and he fell lightly like a bat and i was like you know what these little subtle tension to detail to the physicality of bat to human I like that. And I feel like that hasn't really been done before, especially his face. You know, we're used to seeing, you know, the long nails and the fangs, but like his nose kind of does the yeah. bat thing. That's that's like you don't see that a whole lot. So I love the that it's like an animal take on on vampire. I mean, of course it is. It's a bat. But I think that's really cool. And the whole scene, I loved it, the energy. I like that the scene is rather dark, something that irritates yes. me in films. And this irritated me about Venom 1 is, is when it's really, really dark, but then whoever's fighting is also wearing a dark sweatshirt or a dark right, suit. And it's very dark and dark and dark. And this is dark. However, I like the, um, the highlights and the tents of the blues. You can really see what's going on. I'm very, very, very excited about this. And in terms of his other question of like who the antagonist could be, no idea. I, who I, do you, honestly, I was gonna. Say, do you have any thought? I mean, Matt uh, Smith. I'm thinking uh, maybe he but, has this. But that just tells us what look, actor might be playing it. But we still I don't, don't know actually who. know who the actual character who. is. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you. I haven't wasted one second of even thinking about it. I don't care. I really don't care who the who the antagonist is. I have no. I'll, I'm just more than willing. I'm sure it'll show in some upcoming trailer. But right now, I'm just like don't care. Yeah. I really don't care. I like to, as long as whatever the antagonist in the movie is is well written, that's all that I care about. So I'm sure we will find it at some point. Now I got to go over and ask Ray this because Ray, no, you, you saw, don't have to. Oh, I, no, I do. I must. Ray, you saw 
this clip? I mean, what, what did this clip do anything for you to? Did you think it was ho hum? Did it get you more excited to see? Oh, it? Like, but, how are you feeling about it? Oh, I feel it's terrifying. It actually looks really horrific what he does to these people. Um, I don't know much about the character, but yeah, it got me more excited for the movie. I mean, and that's kind of the key thing, right? I yeah. mean, I, I but, think, go ahead. I was just like, there's a part of me that says, why did they drop possibly the best scene of the movie? Like, because uh, studios have done that before. And it's yeah. been like, let's get as much tickets for this trash movie, <laughs> for this trash movie, <laughs> you know, or, or trash movie, or they're so confident that and um, they feel like the general pub public doesn't know about this character that much that. They want to show what this guy can do so it could be either way so i'm i'm still a little bit worried about why they dropped like the best probably the best scene in the movie but online. here's the question what if this ain't nowhere near the best scene in the movie which this would be that's right? what i'm hoping for that's what i'm hoping for right um uh, yeah it, it looks great i yeah i i think this thing looks fantastic and now look i know a lot of you guys who are watching have had your doubts about the movie i get it but i'm just curious for you guys what do you think? Did you have a chance to see this clip? If so, what did it do for you? Did it make you more excited for the movie? Was it better than you thought? Did it still not do much for you? Whatever you guys are thinking about it, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number three. Kim, what is our third main topic today? Okay, guys, this comes from What the Jess. What? Hi, guys. In regards to Patty Jenkins, we were all thrilled she was directing Rogue Squadron and then frustrated when Disney pulled it from schedule lineup altogether. Today, Variety mentioned Patty Jenkins was also no longer directing Cleopatra either. Falcon and the Winter Soldier's Kari Skoglin is now going to take over the directing duties. Do you think this means Patty's returning to Star Wars or just focusing on Wonder Woman 3? All right, thanks a lot for saying that in, man. And yeah, there has been this very interesting game of musical chairs going on with Patty Jenkins projects. Because yeah. it feels like there's three chairs, or sorry, there's two chairs, all right? But three movies Patty wants to do. And it feels like Patty's doing musical chairs, walking around the two chairs. Do, 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 and at some do, point, do. She, she can only choose a couple, right? Look, so she's got Wonder Woman 3. She had Rogue Squadron. And she's got this Cleopatra movie mm -hmm. that she's supposed, supposedly doing with Gal Gadot. Then we heard that Rogue Squadron had been taken off the production list. They never said the movie was canceled. Yeah. They never said the movie's canceled. They just said it was currently taken off the production list because obviously there are creative differences between Patty Jenkins and what um, uh, Lucasfilm want at this point. And of course, when we say Lucasfilm, we mean Kathleen Kennedy because Kathleen Kennedy... As much as she is a Hall of Fame, first ballot Hall of Fame producer, she just has no ability to get on the same page creatively with her directors, like at all. But at any rate, that being said, um, it kind of looked like to me that Rogue Squadron was going to be shuffled away mm -hmm. and that she was just going to do Cleopatra and, and Wonder Woman 3. Well, apparently that's not the case. She is now off Cleopatra. This comes to us from the folks over at Cinema Blend who write the following. 
Patty Jenkins isn't leaving the Cleopatra project entirely as she will remain on as a producer role. I don't think she's going to do anything actively at this point moving forward, though. Uh, neither is she planning to leave Gal Gadot's side anytime soon. Deadline reports that the reason that Jenkins is stepping down as director here is so that she can focus on her next two directorial efforts, including the aforementioned Wonder Woman 3 and the Star Wars film Rogue Squadron. So according to Deadline in this report, we are apparently still going to see her direct Wonder Woman 3, which nobody's surprised about, but she is still actually going to be working on Rogue Squadron. I'm going to admit I'm a little bit surprised to hear that. Yeah, I thought it was done. Yeah, I, listen, I, I said when they reported that this had been delayed, that Rogue Squadron had been delayed and that we found out that it was actually because of creative differences between Kathy Kennedy and, and Patty Jenkins, I said, look, I don't believe this film's ever going to happen now. I mean, mm -hmm. they never said it was canceled, but I said, I don't believe this film's going to happen now. Well, now apparently it does, but it does raise it. And I'm, I'm super happy about that. I want to see this Rogue Squadron movie. I've been super excited for this Rogue Squadron movie ever since they announced it a year ago at that D, yeah. at that Disney Investors Day's call when you had Patty Jenkins in the flight suit and the X with the life-size X-Wing on the runway talking about stories about her dad serving in the Air Force, wanting to make a dogfight movie. That all got me excited. And I want to see it. But it does again raise the question of this. Do these people not have Google Calendar? Do they do, do they not have a calendar app on their iPhone? Do they wake up one day and go, oh, wait, silly me, I triple booked. Oh, my goodness, I forgot I was doing these two other movies. Oops. No. Oops. True story. This is just prior to moving to L.A., I was, uh, was at home and I had a date and my date showed up and we were just hanging out at my place for a bit before we were going to go and watch a movie. As we were in my apartment, the last apartment I lived in in Canada before moving out to LA, my buzzer goes off again and I'm like, hello? He goes, hi, it's Julie. I double booked. Oh, no, I, you didn't. I double booked. You dirty dog. I double booked. And it was one of those terrible 80s what? sitcom moments oh my when, you know, the lead character realizes, oh, no, I have two dates. <laughs> that was me. Oh, did I feel like an asshole? What? <laughs> oh, First of all, did humble I feel Brad, like an asshole? My other oh, dates. No, 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 no. <laughs> anybody can get two dates. Anybody can get two dates. But not anybody is stupid enough to plan them on the same day. Oh my and God. I honestly, I was so frozen. What did you do? Here's what I, did. I was so frozen. <laughs> I was so petrified with peers. Like I say, hello, it's Julie. You know that moment where in a movie <laughs> something happens to a character and time freezes? And the character that's what happened to me. Time froze. <laughs> And I'm just going through this monologue in my head about what do I do? What do I do? And I couldn't come up She's with a thing. my cousin. Um, no. We're from I, the South. I couldn't come up with a great... What's the name of the character in Saved by the Bell? Zach? Zach Morris. Zach Morris. Zach Morris. I tried to come up with a great Zach Morris pl plan. I'm just tutoring her. Um, uh, she's she's my she's tutoring me. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't come up with anything. And I literally just said... I turned to the other girl who was there with me before answering Julie, and I'm like, I'm not going to lie to you, I double booked. And uh, that was it. I had, I had started with what I thought was one date, 
Turned out I had two, and I ended with none. I was gonna say, did you end? How did you end the story? End with three? Oh, I ended up. I ended up sitting on my couch with a rerun of Heroes and a bowl of popcorn. That's oh, what I did that night. Oh my god! So anyway, why? How did we get into John. this? Oh yes, Patty <laughs> Jenkins triple booking. Patty Jenkins triple booking, and I still don't understand that happens. But look, I'm happy that she's gonna make Road Squadron. I'm 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 happy that this apparently looks like mm-hmm. that is still on her priority list. Yeah. I guess her and uh Kathleen Kennedy have to get their wires uncrossed and, and mm-hmm. get on the same page of what their story needs to be. But I'm happy about it. And listen, I love the first Wonder Woman movie. Yeah. Wonder Woman 2 was Patty Jenkins's bad day at the office. Didn't work so great. But I mean, she is a terrific director. I love the first Wonder Woman. I love Monster. I I mean, she's a great storyteller. Wonder Woman 2 was her bad day at the office. I'm really excited to see her get back on the horse and do number three again. So that, whatever. And I'll be honest with you, I wasn't tremendously excited about Cleopatra. I was interested. Like, I was curious about it. Yeah. But listen, I know this makes me unpopular among some people. And I do think she has gotten better. I do. I think she has gotten better. I think her talent level is heading in the right direction. But I still don't believe in Gal Gadot as a lead actress. I don't mm. think she's I don't think she's there talent level wise yet. Mm. Now I might totally change my mind once we see the movie whose name shall not be spoken, Death on the Nile. I feel like that maybe my mind will change because she is in a lead role in Death on the Nile, and maybe that will really change my mind about it. But right now I'm I'm not out of those three possibilities, Wonder Woman three, Rogue Squadron, Cleopatra, if you were to ask me, you gotta lose one, I'd be more than happy to lose Cleopatra. Mm. But they did replace her with a very interesting choice. You know, she did Falcon Winter Soldier, did a good job with Falcon Winter Soldier. But yeah, I don't know, Kim, what do you think about uh, Patty Jenkins stepping away from Cleopatra to focus on those other two? You know what? Something that I really appreciate from professionals, and, I, and I'm and i hoping that maybe this energy or this attitude is why why maybe Rogue Squadron is mending back together, is when you take care of your mental health and even when especially being in hollywood and especially being an award-winning person or or someone that's got a lot of clout you got a lot of people in your ear telling you everything you can do you can do this you're the man you're the woman i think it's very healthy to sit back and go you know what i've got too much on my plate you know what i'm at my best when i'm able to think clearly and to take care of your mental health i don't know that what her reason is i'm just saying it seems like a healthy decision to go uh, i've got too much going on let me take something off so that i can give 110 percent to this and 110 percent to this but i just can't give 110 percent to everything right now so i think it's a great idea i think it's super healthy for her to make this decision because you know what we don't want is for so many things from you. Even if we're, you're a director we love and I, I wanna see more from you, I wanna see more from you. What I don't want is your sloppy seconds. What I don't want is you having to roll out of bed and give me the last of what you've got for a film that I think could be really good. I would rather you give me great energy for something you're super focused on. And good Canadian girl, Kari Scoglin, I really liked what she did with Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think it was, it was hard to do as a TV show. In my opinion, it was it should have just been a film. But I think she really captured the energy from uh, Winter Soldier. And yeah. she really captured that thriller energy. And I'm hoping that Cleopatra, it needs to be savage. I mean, I, I love Elizabeth Taylor's version. She was so gentle and, you know, but um, Cleopatra's savage. And I think in terms of Gal Gadot's acting, 
What I want to see is I want to see her be savage, not mean. I want to see her be complicated. Cleopatra was a complicated woman with a lot on her shoulders. And I want to see her in something really meaty. And I think Kari Skoglin can take her there. I think I think she can. I, I have hope in her acting abilities that if not death on the Nile, she can prove that she can go deeper in Cleopatra. Well, for me, the only the the real story here for me is Rogue Squadron. That's the one I care most about. I mean, yeah. all due respect to to Cleopatra, all due respect to Wonder Woman. But now 3. she'll be more focused because now she can sit in that chair and give a hundred percent to those fans that are like you, that are like, I really care about this. Maybe I I, I but I, again, I still wonder about why were the three planned at all in the first place, and number two, why have two of them on your plate right now, like. You're saying she can give 110% to this and 100. Well, mathematically, you can't give 110% to two different things. So I'm, I'm wondering no, why but... not just focus on one of them and then worry about the other one later. But whatever. I am glad she's still staying on Star Wars. We'll see how it turns out. Yeah. The question is for you guys. What do you think about this? Patty Jenkins has stepped away from Cleopatra to focus on Wonder Woman 3 and Star Wars Rogue Squadron. I'm personally happy about that. And I think they got a pretty decent replacement for her on Cleopatra as well. How do you guys feel about this? Jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, let's move into main topic number four. Kip, what is our fourth main topic today? Okay, guys, this comes from Ibrahim Ali. Hey, Gio, been watching since the AMC days. I just read on Variety that Destin Daniel Cretton, director of Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, is developing a Shang-Chi sequel with Marvel and a Disney Plus series related to that world is also in the works. Shang-Chi is the biggest movie of 2021 domestically and has been hugely successful. So, though it's not surprising, it's excited to see we're in for more martial arts action. Thoughts on what the series could be and this whole announcement. Thanks and bring on the filthy. All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in, Abraham. And yeah, look, it, no surprise. What If not my favorite movie of the year, then at the very minimum, one of my favorite movies this year was Shang-Chi. I, I certainly haven't had an in-theater experience that made me tremble and buzz with excitement as much as Shang-Chi did because you know my expectations for Shang-Chi weren't through the roof it looked good it was going to be great to see like a martial arts Marvel film yeah I was excited to see it but I did not think it would be what I consider to be the best comic book movie since Logan not as good as Logan but I personally think it's the best comic book movie since Logan and a lot of people look at me like I'm crazy when I say that, but I stand by it. I, I totally do. Like, it's excellently written. The character dynamics are so fantastic. The dialogue is great. The martial arts action is nutty. Like, to me, especially when you look at things like the bus scene and things like that, I said this too, I think it's the best on-screen martial arts I've seen since The Raid. Not as good as The Raid, but since The Raid, I don't think I've seen martial arts that have, to me, been as blood-pumping and exciting on screen since I've seen the raid and like that bus. I know it doesn't matter how many times I watch that bus scene. I am always grinning ear to ear and it's unbelievable the way they did it. It was so great. So yes, obviously they were going to do a Shang-Chi too. I mean that, that is no question. And yes, it is now official. It's coming and on the way. This comes to us from the folks over at Variety who write, A sequel to Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is officially on the way, with Destin Daniel Cretton returning to direct and write. 
He's also in development on a Marvel series for Disney+. Plus. Now, here's the thing. A bunch of people are saying that he's also doing a Shang-Chi series for Disney+. Plus. That is not the case. That is not the case. Let's go back to this comment here. He's also in development on a Marvel series for Disney+. Plus. Cretton has signed an exclusive multi-year overall deal with Marvel Studios and Hulu's Onyx Collective. These are all under Disney, of course. The new deal will allow Cretton to develop TV projects for both Marvel Studios on Disney+, Plus and the Onyx Collective for Hulu and other platforms. Not much. Now, here's where it comes with this Marvel series. Not much is known about Cretton's Marvel series on Disney+, Plus, but sources tell Variety that it's a comedy. It tells Variety that it's a comedy, so it's not necessarily, or it's not going to be a Shang-Chi directly connected series, but instead it's going to be a comedy, which I think is very interesting because, number one, I thought the humor in Shang-Chi was fantastic. I never felt like it went overboard. The dynamic between Aquafina and Simu Liu was magic. Just great. So if he can bring that same kind of humor and whatever to another show or another series, I'm all for it. It's fantastic. And again, to me, this is a movie that is so special. I saw it seven times in theaters. I've seen it four times since it dropped on Disney Plus. And a number of other times that I just... Seen it 11 times? And, and I've lost count of how many times I've just had like 15 minutes to kill, popped on Disney Plus, went to Shang-Chi, fast forward, I now know the exact moment of where the bus fight starts and just watch the bus fight probably... 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 more times. Ray has been Ray, in we the, need to do an Ray has been here when I have just popped on Shang-Chi and put it to, John, to the bus. We care about you. And then we I feel like leave. you have a problem. <laughs> Ray just, it's that good. It is that much fun. I love this. I cannot wait to see them come back to do more. And I'm really glad the same director is coming back to do it again. And uh, you know what? Give me more Simu Lu. And by the way, Simu Lu is not just going to be confined to the Shang-Chi movies. We're going to see Simu Lu mm. pop up in a lot of other stuff in the Marvel MCU as well. So that's going to be exciting to see moving forward. Anyway, the question is for you guys. What do you think about the fact that it's now official? The director is signed up to direct and write. Shang-Chi 2 is on the way. And he's going to be doing some other stuff for their other platforms as well. I think this is great news. How do you guys feel about it? Jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys, with that down, let's now move on to main topic number five. Kim, what is our fifth main topic today? Okay, this comes from the Antagonistic Anonymous. Hey, John, the British Board of Film Certification is responsible for age rating every movie film trailer to come out here in the UK. Without their certification, the said media cannot be released legally in the company. On their in the country. In the country, I'm sorry. And on their recently certified tab on their website, they have rated another trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home. Presumably, the final trailer, which is set to release on the 15th of December 2021. What are your thoughts on releasing the final trailer one to two days before the release? Thanks, and have a fantastic day. All right, thanks for sending that in, Antagonistic Anonymous. So, you understand, last night, is when I, I wrote up the show notes uh, last night, sent them off to Ray, and we posted it. With the great news, oh, Campia was right again. <laughs> Another trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home is coming. I read the reports. <laughs> I saw the sources. It's like, yep, Man. damn right. Another trailer is coming. Now, now where this came from, <laughs> where this came from, 
Uh, and it's important to point this out where this came from. So he was talking about the BBFC, right? Which is the body that does ratings for the trailers and for their stuff, right? Now, here's the thing. This is what that uh, the sites like Screen Rant and everything were pointing to when Screen Rant was reporting yesterday, No Way Home new trailer is releasing next week. This is what was directly being referred to. And I'll try to see if I can uh, blow this up a bit. Okay, so this is from the BBFC's website, right? Talking about a new trailer rating 12A for Spider-Man No Way Home, two minutes in runtime. It says the trailer was classified on December 12th. Now, you might be saying, John, that says January 12th. No, that actually says January 1st. That says December 1st. Remember, in the UK, they put the day of the month first, the month number second, that me. and then the year, right? <laughs> said, that yeah. always catches people in North yeah. America off guard because we do it the other way. We put the, the number of the month first, then the day of the month, then the year. They do it the other way around. So this trailer got its certification and got its classification from the BBFC on December 1st, right? And it says the release date is December 15th, which is very curious because that's the date actually the movie itself releases in the UK. But either way, it didn't matter because as Campius said, there would be another trailer coming. Oh, Lord. Behold, another trailer was coming. Oh, but wait. Oh. But wait, there's, there's a more. plot twist. There's a twist. A twi <laughs> Twisty twist. <laughs> oh, my God. Here we but go. But wait, there's a twist. The suspense. Come on. The twist is this, because it did seem odd that they were putting out um, another one on the day that the movie released. Yeah, that's a little weird. That seemed very odd. Now, this was a response that the BBFC then put out, but people are misunderstanding what their response is. Hmm. So here was something that the BBFC made in response to a couple of tweets that people put out, and it was simply this. It was, uh, hi there. This is a trailer that has already been released <laughs> for Screen X. Oh, wow. All right. The release date on the website is the release date for the film and not the trailer. We are updating our website to reflect this. Now, I initially thought, oh, so that means whatever, right? But then I realized and, and I got told this trailer, what this post actually says was not that this trailer was released to the public this was a trailer that had been classified and released for screen x which is a thing in the uk screen x is a thing in the uk it was classified on december 1st which means that's when it was given its classification it doesn't become public like before long before it can be played to the public it's got to get its classification so this caused a little bit of confusion for me it's like okay time out wait a minute is this saying this was for a trailer that was already released. If so, why did it get its classification on December 1st when it's supposed to get its classification before it ever gets released? Yeah. What does that mean? So, at the recent CinemaCon, uh, I met uh, a couple of people from theaters in the UK because I guess people from overseas, theater owners from the overseas can come in too. Nice. So, I got, on the, uh, I got on my email this morning and I wrote to them and I basically asked them this. I said, okay, can you help me with something? I saw the BBFC posting for new Spider-Man trailer coming December 15th, but then I saw that post saying blah, 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 blah. And this is what they responded to me. They said this, and I just, I, I just want to quote this directly so I don't misinterpret what they're saying. Regarding the BBFC post, I cannot speak to the validity of a new trailer coming or not. It could, it might not. The post in question seems to indicate that the new trailer was classified on December 1st and was subsequently released for Screen X. 
In all likelihood, this means that a new trailer was given a classification on the date of the 1st of December and then released for Screen X to use in their cinema. It does not mean it was released to the public on the 1st of December. The BBFC seems to be indicating that the mistake they made was the public release date of the trailer, which was obviously the release date for the movie, not the trailer, not correcting the existence of the trailer in general. But to be fair, it could mean something else. But that is my understanding. So what my friend was basically saying, the UK is saying is, what the BBFC statement means was that they classified a new trailer, they then released that trailer for Screen X to release to the public whenever they're going to. But the release date of the 15th, that was the mistake. Now, the interesting thing is, if you go now to the, let me see if I can find it here. There it is. If you now go to the BBFC website, they still show a new trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home that was given certification on December 1st, 2021, but they take out the release date for it. They take out the release date for it because that, according to their statement, is what they made a mistake on because they said the release date on the website is the release date for the film and not the trailer. We are updating our website to reflect. So they updated their website, still shows a new trailer that was given certification on December 12th. That's what it says. It's still there. The only thing they corrected was they took out the release date of the trailer from December 15th, because that is obviously the release date of the movie. What does this definitively mean? I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that last night, when we were putting our show notes together and Ray, you made the thumbnail and put the show post together and posted it up. This was when the story was, it's still coming out. Then the BBFC put out that thing. And now there's some confusion about it. Mm -hmm. Some people are saying, Oh, that was for a trailer that they re-edited and played on screen X. I've been told that that's not true. There was no new cut edit, uh, edited trailer for screen X put out after December 1st. So that that's not true. So are they clearly, because it's still posted on BBFC's thing and they just corrected the release date, does this still mean that there is a new third trailer coming that they gave a certification to on December 1st and it's just not out yet? Or does it not mean anything at all? Because I went from last night going, all hell can't be right again. <laughs> oh, Lord. You can gauge it by the rising and the setting of the sun. Oh, God. Hey, John, can I step out? Being, because yeah, you, yeah. you don't have any eggs, right? I, <laughs> should, I, <should> get some. <laughs> I went from that last night to, well, it's still, it's, I still believe there's going to be third. And I still believe, like, again, when you look at this, they're still listing a new trailer that was given certification on December 1st. There has been no new trailer come out since then. But do you really want to see another trailer, John? Yes. You're, you're, you do. Yes. Like, for what purpose? For your, like, for yourself. Like, what, what's, what, what, because you already bought your tickets, right? Yes, I did. So you're already going. So. Yes, what I would am. Be, what would be the real reason why you would want to see another trailer? Oh, same reason. Look, our, trailers to me aren't important. Mm. I don't get, I don't like lose my mind thinking, when's the new trailer coming? I, I don't worry about oh, that. Okay. It's, it's a commercial. But if you tell me, hey, there's a new one out, then I'll go, awesome. I want to see it. Oh, okay. Because I just want to see what's there, right? Right, right. I just really believe there will be a third trailer. Um, I believe... This is an indication because this is still up there. They've only corrected the release date of the trailer. It's still there. So I believe, yeah, there's still another one coming. That I am not 
as nearly as celebratory as I was last night when the story came out. <laughs> I know. When I saw the headline, when I saw the headline of the show notes, I was like, man, should I just, oh, wear, should I just not come in tomorrow? <laughs> should I just put on the tutu? Ray doesn't have anything going there. So, so look, obviously they communicated in, incorrectly at first. But I think a lot of people are also misinterpreting what BB, the BBFC's follow-up message was. But I don't know definitively one way or other. Even my friend in the UK who wrote to me said, look, it, it, it seems that what the BBFC is saying is that, oh, the only thing they got wrong was the release date of the trailer. That's the trailer. That's the release date for the movie. But they rated a new trailer and then they released it to Screen X. They just don't know when it's coming out. But even my friend in the UK who said that said, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's the case. That's my interpretation. What exactly did he say again here? Hold on a second. He said, that's my, uh, that is my understanding. To be fair, the last line he says, to be fair, it could mean something, but that's just my understanding. So I don't know. We'll see. We're right back to where we were. All I know is that, you know, when we <laughs> we created today's show, we put it up, it was just official news. And then now uh, it's cast into doubt. So I don't know. Maybe it's it, maybe it means there's still one coming, but maybe it, it doesn't. So we are still nine days away. And what did I say on yesterday's show? I said, I believe once we get to within a week, once we get to within a week, so like either Thursday or Friday or Saturday, I think we're going to get a third trailer. I'm, I'm not willing to bet on it. Mm. Like, I'm not like I am 100% convinced I will give naming rights of my future children to people if I'm right. No, 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 no. But I, I still think there will be. But uh, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. So this is this is interesting developments in this whole stuff. Anyway, the question is for you guys. What did you think about this? It's been a roller coaster of emotions the last nine hours <laughs> since we first posted the the live event up today, saying, "Hey, it's it's now out there. It's there." Ever since this story was was out there flying around, Spider Man No Way Home new trailer was releasing next week, and now there's some question about it. So I don't know. What do you guys think right now? Do you guys believe? You know what? I'm going to make a poll out of this. I'm going to make a poll. Do you think... Oh, poll time. Poll time. A new, a, let me say, a third final trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home will still come. Yes or no? It doesn't, have, doesn't necessarily meet, need to be today or tomorrow or, or three days from now, but do you believe there will be... It's up there right now. So for those of you watching live and only for those of you watching live, do you think there will be a third and final trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home you forgot uh, the at third, this thing? You forgot the third option again. Don't care. Uh, don't uh, care is that's not uh, like meaning like meaning like meaning you, we I don't need it. I'm not asking oh, oh. if you care oh, okay, okay. if there's going to be. I'm oh, asking do you if think, you think there okay. will be right. one. Now, right now, we've got almost 600 votes have come in already. And right now, 56% of you believe there will be a third trailer. 44% of you believe there won't be now it's 57 percent believe there will be as we're closing out on 700 votes 43 percent are saying no i mean it could go either way and honestly this is exactly how i'm feeling i'm feeling more like 70 30 yeah. i feel like i'm 70 percent believe there's gonna be a new trailer 30 percent that there won't be so we'll find out i won't be stunned but if so, not. there's been so many there's been so many things revealed i mean i guess with the the news of possible uh charlie cox we could either get Matt Murdock, or we could either get, like we said, like me and Gray, Gray, me and Ray both agreed that if we see Toby and Andrew, it would be like one guy's shoulder and another guy's shoulder, or like a <laughs> foot and a shadow or something like that, but not exactly like this, Benjamin Toby. Um, 
what could it be? I feel like there's been there's just been so much speculation and little secrets dropping here and there, and I'm just like, what could it possibly show us? Do you think? Now, I I, I saw some chatter going on before the show started today, and one of our viewers said something that I, I think was I think a lot of people feel, which is there will be a new spot. I mean, there could be one between now and when the movie releases, but there will be another one that comes a day or two or three after the movie releases that has Charlie Cox, Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire all in it. Because at that point, everyone's going to know. I mean, let's face it. Everybody knows already. Oh. Every, everybody, <laughs> everybody. Knows, everybody has known for ages that that's, this is the case. But and, and that's true. So. But there's a lot of questions. Will there be a trailer between now and the movie releases? I think yes. But then there's even more questions. If there is a trailer between now and when the movie releases, would it show any of these speculative people? Toby Andrew, who we all know is going to be in it. Charlie Cox. Well, Kevin Feige says Charlie Cox is going to be their daredevil, but he didn't necessarily say he would be in Spider-Man No Way Home. So would they be in it? If not, would it come after the movie releases? I mean, there's still a lot of stuff up in the air about this. Now, by the way, we're now across 1,200 votes. Uh, in the in the poll, and it's still holding at 57% of you guys are saying, yes, you think there's going to be a new trailer. 43% of you are saying, no, there won't be. So it's it's close. It's close. As is the release date for that. Now, by the way, I just want to remind everybody that uh, we have been given a private theater and a private screening of Spider-Man No Way Home on Thursday at 3.30. And we invited... Any of you guys who are interested to coming to that private screening with us to send in some to send us a message to let us know you're interested. We have already selected a few people to come with us to that screening. You're going to be getting emails from us shortly. And uh, tomorrow we're going to do another game. We're going to do another game to get the final spots filled. It's going to be between <laughs> Ray and Kim, who will be re representing certain groups of people who have written in to be in there. And maybe one of them will be your champion and get you a seat at our private screening Next Thursday. So I keep close on that. Anyway, guys, the question is for you. What do you think about this whole roller coaster that's gone on the last nine hours or so in the <laughs> public? That there's definitely a trailer. Some people saying there's not. Some people saying there still is. There's still a posting for it. But some people think it might have been for an older trailer, even though the certification wasn't given until December 1st. I mean, could go either way. How are you guys feeling about it? Whatever it is, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With all that down, let's now move over and start taking your comments that you guys have been shooting in the live chat since the show started. We have already turned off the super chat feature because there was already too many coming in and we want to make sure we get to our questions today as well. So, Kim, what is in our super chat? comments that people have been sending in okay guys this first one is coming from john derig i agree with kim i think miles will be in no way home but instead of spider verse miles it could be donald glover's nephew miles from homecoming Nah, they never showed that miles it was just i think that why did they donald, mention it though it was just a quickie it was just a clever easter egg it was just a clever Easter egg. Yeah. I mean, the, like, honestly, Marvel films do that all the time. They constantly have references of this, this, and this. And people say, well, why would they mention that? And it never does. They never do anything with it. Now, it's not impossible, though. It's, it's not impossible. I mean, I'm not going to fall out of my seat in shock if we see a Miles Morales. I, But I don't think we will. Hmm. But we'll find out. All right, what's next? Stefan de Lint Waters says, hope you have a great day, John and crew. 
going to see Don't Look Up at my theater nice. tomorrow. Very excited. I am actually very excited about that movie. I, I, I wasn't at first, but the more I've been watching the stuff, and again, it's one of the best casts ever assembled in movies ever. Um, so my enthusiasm is growing for it as well. So I'm looking forward to it. All right, what's next? Kendall Barker says, hey, John, Kimberly and Ray, love you guys and gal. Do you think there's a, any chance we get to see Pym Tech used in No Way Home? I always love the combo. Tell you what, Kendall, I'm going to let people in the live chat answer that question. We're not here to take questions from the super chat right now. So uh, I will let take a look in the live chat and see what you guys think about that. All right, what's next? Unbeatable says, well, my Spanish teacher in high school taught me <laughs> some swear words. So I I guess I'll have to keep an ear out for some of that uh, mierda. LOL. Uh, yeah, again, I think it's going to be very interesting <laughs> to see how much of an impact. Again, I haven't heard from anybody say it it was a distraction or bother no. them at all in the movie. So I'll see it for myself and I'll see how I feel about it. All right. Thanks for that, man. What's next? Salinas Production says, hi, everyone. Been a longtime supporter of the show Thank since you. the AMC Hobbit days. Hope you're all having a great day. Can't wait for No Way Home on December 16th. Uh, and some of our viewers, some of our international friends watching, you guys are going to be lucky enough to see it even before that. But yes, the 16th is the earliest we get to see it here. And we're all very pumped for it, man. All right. What's next? Michael Serda says, it's cool. Robert Downey Jr. played Chaplin and now Tom with a stare. I mean, yeah, this is kind of yeah. cool. And by the way, a lot of people forget if you've never seen Robert Downey Jr. in probably what was his most developmental role ever that really kind of put him on the map for most people. It was Chaplin. And it's a good movie. If you, guys, if you guys haven't seen him in that, you really should go and go and check that out. Well called out, Michael. What's next? Robert Perez says, I really like your Be Right Back graphic. Now, if we could get a breakdancing microphone added, thanks for everything you do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. It was, it's really just a template. That, that does look, I like the colors on there. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it works, right? It you works. You don't need me anymore, John. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need oh, me. Oh, we need Ray's need works. <laughs> Ray's graphics are much better than mine. But uh, yeah, so thank you for that, man. I'll see what I can do about a breakdancing microphone. That might be a little bit outside of our skill set. All right, what's next? Oh, my gosh. You uh, read, read the name because I can't do it because you're the only one in the world who can do it. Which one? Right here. Oh. Right here. Oh, Chef Pleasures. <laughs> Says, <laughs> says, I'm ready for Brazil to show them my big surprises. Uh, I, knew that, I knew that was going to catch on. I, oh God. Oh God. I, need God. Gonna, I need to put a filter on sometimes. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Next? One six-scale man says, greetings, oh. John, and congrats for having the most beautiful and knowledgeable co-hosts. Wow. <laughs> I love the addition of such diversity. And we're awfully lucky to have Kimberly here. It's, it's great to have fun. her as part of it. And uh, thank you for pointing it out, Talk man. About you, no, there's going to be some super chat Ray. proposals. <laughs> All right, what's next? <laughs> no. <laughs> Noah Drassen says, I noticed there weren't any villain posters for Sandman or Lizard. Makes me wonder if the original actors aren't coming back and they will only be CG. I mean, I was wondering Good that point. myself the other day, mm -hmm. whether or not we'll only hear maybe Thomas Hayden Church's voice or Risa Fon's voice and not actually see them. Or maybe... As one of our viewers pointed out the other day, what if they're not even in it and them just being in the trailer is another Hulk situation from the Battle of Wakanda trailer in yeah. Infinity War? I don't think that's the case, but it does suggest to me that they have smaller roles. So mm. Probably smaller roles, but we'll see. We'll see. It could be a lot of things. What's next? 
Kendall Barker says, let's rephrase that LOL. I really hope we get to see one cool, fun, and appropriately used PIM tech in some way by Spider-Man and No Way Home. I don't I don't think so. I, I don't want it to because you don't need to cross everything in there. Look, we've already had a reference in Hawkeye, which is great. That was a really fun little reference in Hawkeye episode three. But I don't think they there's a need for it here. So I, ho- I personally kind of hope they skip it. What's next? Okay, so this is supposed to be one of two. Uh, I'll look for the second one. Abraham Ruiz says, Hey, John, and hey, John, on the companion video you put up today with the topic of Toby as Uncle Ben, I mean that he would still be Raimi's Spidey, but from Holland's. Here, here we go. Holland's point of view. It's Uncle Ben as Spider-Man, similar to how Barry's dad is in the Flash in another universe. Yeah, I, again, though, I, as I kind of expressed in the companion video, that's just too convoluted. I mean, I look, I would get it if I was all for the idea of Tobey Maguire playing Uncle Ben in the new iteration of Spider-Man. I think there's something fun and appropriate about that. And it's been done many times, that's sort of a mechanic. But I said in, in a multiversal movie where that actor is already spider-man in another one it just becomes too convoluted and quite frankly i never thought it worked with ship in the cw thing i like him as flash but why does he look exactly like barry's dad i mean honestly it's too convoluted and that's why i don't think they're going to do it but you're right uh, uh abraham it is possible they could go that way all right what's next michael Serda says we entered single digit territory for no way home nine days <laughs> The countdown is on. We are just nine days away. Cannot wait. All right, what's next? Dalton Gray says, Spider-Man is going to be fire. You the man, John. I certainly hope so. Because at this point, with all of our excitement and energy we're spending on this, oh, man, if this movie's a bag of shit, we're all going to be really disappointed. (laughs) I mean, that's the one thing Ray brings up all the time whenever say, I bought eight tickets for eight different screenings. The first thing Ray is like, Oh, man, for your sake, I hope the movie's good. (laughs) You're stuck with like eight sets of tickets to this movie that's not any good. So I don't know. We'll see. All right. What's next? Mr. Graham 91 says, since Tony is gone, an interesting thought is maybe the Fantastic Four takes over the Avengers Tower or maybe even Dr. Doom. Fantastic Hmm. Four has been one of the speculations for a long time that that the Avengers Tower will become the Baxter building or something like that. That's definitely I don't think we're going to see Dr. Doom take it over, but. Fantastic Four is definitely there uh, to be used. All right, what's next? Colby says, this is for Kim only. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yikes. Sorry, John and Ray, LOL. Hi, Kim. I'm so sad that Insecure is in its final season. I love the show and the comedy. I hate to see it go. Have you watched Insecure on HBO? No, I have not. By Issa Rae? Nope. So good. So good. I've heard that. She's amazing. She started a show called Awkward Black Girl on YouTube. Yep. And that, that just, I've seen that, that I saw. Isn't yeah. that so funny? Um, but then from there to be a creator and to go from creating your own stuff on YouTube and really struggling and fighting to be a creator in this industry and then having HBO come to you and be like, we like your vibe. Let's do something and have this amazing show for five seasons. Um, the characters have been incredible. The story is great. I can't wait to see if she ends up uh, with Homeboy. It's a wonderful show, and it's it's in the final season, and there's definitely been tears because it's opened a lot of doors for. Her. It's opened a, so yeah. she's she has a voice in Spider-Man across the universe, and she has she's, some other big. She's things voicing too. a character, a bunch of big stuff. So I am pretty sad to to see the show go. My friend Andrew, hey Andrew, he was on that, and he was in a awkward 
black girl with her. So pretty cool cast. All right. Yeah. What's next? Oliver Fabian says, greetings from Austria. Can't wait for Spider-Man. Can't get tickets because of lockdown till uh, next Monday. And movie theaters don't even know when they open. Oh, You know, man. it's a good reminder for us because, you know, we, we take for granted the fact that, oh, yeah, we're back open and, and all that kind of stuff. That. And But there are still some places that are that are being either hit harder or taking stronger precautions. And yeah, man, listen, safety over everything else. The, the movie will still be there. The movie will still be there. But uh, yeah, here's hope and finger crossed you get to see it as soon as you can, man. All right, what's next? Oh, man. Raymond Verrata says, with Stark Tech, Vibranium, and Pym Particles, don't you love Marvel super science in the MCU? We just need an adamantium and unstable molecules. Here's the one thing I worry about once adamantium comes into it. They've already done it with Vibranium, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Vibranium is supposed to be this super rare and, like, most strongest of all the metals, right? But by the time you get a couple of movies in, literally vibranium is in everything. Like, everything's vibranium now. Oh, Ultron is made of vibranium. Oh, there's a... Uh, the I, I know, I'm just saying, you get into it, and all of a sudden, what, what was rare and unique becomes so common <laughs> and so easy. Like, just look at the Flash show, right? It's like Barry Allen becomes the fastest man alive. He's so unique in the universe. Blink? Ah, there's 55 speedsters in, in this thing. Everybody's a speedster. You're a speedster. Would you do the Oprah thing the other day? You're a speedster. You're a speedster. <laughs> You're a speedster. <laughs> I, I haven't been watching. I haven't been watching Flash for a little bit now, right? I, I, oh, when I'm I so look done. back on Flash, I will fondly remember this show. I think it has been a very, very good show. But I tapped out on it about a year or so ago. And I was going through YouTube, and I came across this scene from a recent flash which is a scene of the flash family fight so-and-so i'm like oh let's watch this it's buried with like seven fucking speedsters oh. even iris oh. was now a speedster like everybody's a speedster his oh. daughter's back there's a new kid who apparently is his son he's a speedster too you had ships flash there he's a speedster they're fighting like these 18 guys in white suits they're all speedsters iris herself is now a fucking speedster everybody's a speedster and that is kind of my one little fear when you go into looking at uh, like <laughs> when vibrate or when adamantium comes in it's gonna be oh super rare super rare but by three or four movies now everybody's got adamantium shoes and like this little kid's got a slingshot with adamantium yeah. pellets and like i just afraid that becomes <laughs> what is that you're wearing oh it's vibranium by calvin klein <laughs> <laughs> it's in the it, they figured out how to make it a spray ah <laughs> uh, oh, oh you're talking about calvin klein i thought you're talking about uh, calvin klein underwear oh no i'm talking about hello that's the new chest oh, oh yeah I, I don't i don't get to that level with my underwear i'm i'm straight hanes and fruit of a balloon i haven't gotten to calvin klein yet or never i will never Get Do they there. say Tuesday? All right. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Sebastian Gonz Gonzalez sends in a super chat. Thank you. Thank you, Sebastian. Lions and Warriors International says, John, what if in No Way Home, Venom jumps off Eddie and jumps onto Tom Spider-Man for a moment before jumping back to Eddie? That way we get the black suit and explains how Venom gets logo. Hashtag I'm, big surprises. Big I mean, surprises. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not inconsistent 
it's not inconsistent with what we know that that could be and how it works. And look, we I was I did an entire um, not an entire, but I did a companion video about a week or two ago where that was the title question was, could Spider-Man No Way Home be where Venom gets the iconic spider logo on his chest? And I believe it will be. I don't know how or what the mechanism they're going to use to do it. But yes, I believe that Venom is going to come because right now through Venom 1 and 2, the only thing missing and the, the Venom design is awesome. But the only thing that's missing from the Venom design is that iconic spider thing. I think that comes from this movie. So uh, by which way? Don't know yet, but I think that's it comes in this movie, Lions and Warriors. All right, what's next? Orlando Origo says, hey, John, Sam Raimi spider-man trilogy is on peacock if anyone needs to watch oh, orlando good little bit of information there i know a lot of people writing in saying they want to binge the previous spider-man movies including Raimi's, and they're all on peacock i happen to have peacock i might have to go and indulge in that a little bit before uh next thursday i think i just might have to do that all right like what's it next? hammy react says hi been a fan for years you've inspired me to start my own channel sharing my passion excitement and getting involved in the community it's a blast listen man i'm so glad you are i have said for a, for a long time now i think every fan should get involved in either blogging podcasting or youtubing it just gets you more involved with the object of your fandom and it gives you a unique way to contribute to the fan community that you get to enjoy too and it doesn't matter if 50 people are watching reading or listening if five people are watching reading or listening or 500 people are watching reading or listening the important thing is you're engaging with the object of your fandom and you get to contribute to the fandom yourself so i think that's a great thing for you to do and i'm glad you're doing it all right what's next Oliver Fabian says, appreciate what you guys said about us who work at movie theaters. Guests like you make our work so much easier. Keep up the great work. Guys, people who work in movie theaters are my movie going heroes. My life as a movie goer, those are my heroes as a movie goer. Uh, they facilitate making it possible for us to go in and enjoy. They take, they scan our tickets. They get us our food and drink. They keep the bathrooms clean. They make sure we have a comfortable seat to sit in. They make sure the lighting is right, the, the picture is right, all that kind of stuff. And it is a complicated system. And the fact that you guys do what you do and you facilitate us having these experiences that I love so much, I thank you. All right, what's next? Sam Automatic says, I saw Game of Thrones season one with no subtitles for the Dothraki. Just felt body language of actors. Thinking West Side will feel similar with the Spanish. I mean, yeah, and that, that's it. And now, again, there were no 15-minute-long scenes yeah. in Game of Thrones with everything being spoken in Dothraki, right? Having Jason Momoa up there just mumbling for 15 minutes and us never know. But, yeah, done in short spurts, in a, emotive ways, it could just naturally flow with the film. And so far, like I said, I haven't heard any complaints about it, so I'm assuming that's going to be the case. All right, what's next? Jose Armaiz says, Iron Fist versus Shang-Chi. Probably in Shang-Chi too. I don't think so at all. As a matter of fact, actually, let me bring this up. A buddy of mine sent, emailed me this, this meme today. Hold on a second. <laughs> let me see if I can bring it up. I loved it and I, I posted it. Let me see if I can get it here. Oh yeah, here it is. So this is what my buddy sent me today. Uh, the girl walking by. Marvel Studios possibly turning back uh, or bringing back Daredevil Jessica Jones, Luke Cage. Iron Fist. Woo! Starts to follow. Kevin Feige. Whoa, hold up. <laughs> 
<laughs> I I saw that and oh. I, I laughed out loud. It was like five o'clock this morning, and Anne was still asleep. And I saw that my buddy had sent that to me. I'm like, and I just started laughing out loud. I just thought it was hilarious. All right. Anyway, sorry about that. Uh, all right. What's next? Max Ross says, hoping they take elements of Netflix Daredevil. For example, I heard a report that the MCU suit will be a classic yellow and red because a bullseye-like villain tarnished the original. I love that. First of all, Max, I'm going to tell you right now, disregard whatever that report was you heard. Nobody fucking knows. Nobody knows that. So wherever you got that report from, discard it immediately. Just now, that's not to say that that couldn't be possible, but this whoever is writing this report doesn't actually know. So I would just discard that immediately. Okay, I'll stop telling people that. Oh, yeah, Ray, Ray is the source. <laughs> Ray, Ray is the, the source of the misinformation. All right, what's next? Christopher Breckner says, In No Way Home, I want to see a Tobey Maguire versus Willem Dafoe fight and Tom Hart Hardy's Venom versus Topher Grace's Venom. <laughs> I don't think they're going to go within 100, 100 miles of Topher Grace's. He would him like Grace's. a Tic Tac. Yeah, what's that? I said um, Tom Hardy's Venom would eat Topher oh, Grace's yeah. Venom like a Tic Tac. I, I I don't see them going anywhere near. I, I don't think there's any possibility. Of course, there's a possibility. But I don't think there's any possibilities of a couple things. One, that they're going to bring Topher Grace's Venom in. I do not think they're going to do that at all. Two, that we're going to see uh, Paul Giamatti's Rhino. <laughs> I don't think there's any chance. They want everybody to forget about that Venom incarnation and about Paul Giamatti's Rhino. I just don't think there's any chance we see either of those. Now watch, they both feature prominently. All right, what's next? Rodney Lorino says, suppose No Way Home soundtrack leak. I'm hoping it's false. Again, who cares? The, the soundtrack leak, all it does is reaffirm again everything people have already known for a year I mean, so it's it's completely it's not news like, oh, this this soundtrack leak. And all I can see in my head is Lawrence Fishburne going in other news, water wet. That's all I hear <laughs> at this point. So, all right. What's next? Al Renshaw says we need another bet about next Spider-Man trailer. Hmm. I want to see John eat ketchup and eggs again. Let's go Ray and Kim. There's two problems. <laughs> number never one, I'm never going to do that bet again. But number <laughs> two, it has to be on something that you feel strongly about. Yeah. Like I felt strongly. You did. That on that Monday night, I thought all the information was there. Everything pointed like I was never told by anybody that a new trailer would drop that night. But I thought when you looked at all the extenuating circumstances and facts, I thought it all I was convinced that all of it pointed to that Monday, a new trailer dropping that Monday. Yeah. And it didn't happen. But the thing is, I felt strongly about it. there's. There's nothing that we feel strongly about here. I mean, the yeah. one thing we're getting close to is you and I talked maybe about doing a bet about whether yeah. or not Spider-Man will make $250 million on opening weekend. So that's yeah. something, because I do feel strongly that it won't. Mm. I do feel strongly that it And you that do it feel will. strongly that it do. So we're going to yeah. come up with so, but I will not put eating ketchup on eggs on the line. Yeah, that's, like, that's almost over. Getting physically that's over sick. and done with. Yeah, I almost got physically sick doing that, so I probably won't do that again. But I still have raised tutu in the closet. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the last time you guys are going to see that. <laughs> All right, what's next? Andrea P says, hi, back to Italy for the holidays and got my spying nice. tickets for December 15th. Don't worry, I won't be a spoiler. I'll be busy indulging in Italian yummy dishes. Mm -hmm. I have never, my wife has Aww. been to Italy three times. Oh, she has. Yeah, three times. I've been once. Lovely. Did you go when the family went, Ray? No. You didn't go with them? Nope. Oh, that's fine, because I, I know a bunch of the uncles. <laughs> oh, that's right. A bunch of the uncles went, but 
and oh. and Anne, so Anne's gone like three times to Italy. And you ha you haven't been once. I've never been. You gotta Love go, to go to Europe. I've got family there. I, I've oh, never been. Where? Whereabouts? Calabria. Oh wow. Um, that is. Wow. So I mean, that's that's where <laughs> the Campia clan comes from. So cool. So I have I've never been there, but I have never been wanting for authentic Italian cuisine mm -hmm. because my nonna, like she hand makes pasta from scratch oh, into so her 80s oh wow hand making pasta from scratch with the biggest meatballs too with the oh yeah you were so there. delicious oh I'm not, I'm not a fan of italian food but which what she makes is oh so much cheese oh, oh yeah it's so healthy <laughs> so tremendously healthy but oh my 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 nonna makes like but it was the best christmas though world. so it was christmas yeah, and she made it all good. like why wouldn't you eat you know all everything she made and, and ray learned that night that when you go when you like are an italian meal like that there's like seven or eight courses yeah i didn't know i right? i was i was topped off after the first course and they said no 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 something's more coming. coming out oh my god and then that's why i am like this today <laughs> oh my gosh can you replicate any dishes oh, can I you no can you my grandmother once tried to show me how to make her down? real parmesan um Although Ann and I did after that visit, Ann and I started making our own homemade pasta, and oh, it actually tastes go. pretty good. But I, I I can't make the dish that my grandmother did. All right, oh sorry, my God. we got Man. sidetracked on that too long. What's next, Andrea? We're hungry now. Thanks a lot, um, Andrea P says. After two years away, John, I had a similar experience with my Nona as you had with your Nona. Uh, I couldn't leave Australia because of COVID. Ciao belli. Yeah, I haven't had. I haven't seen like. I haven't seen my parents or grandparents on going on to two and a half years now Oh no! because of the pandemic, we couldn't travel and you know, my, my parents are older and stuff like that too. So I didn't want don't want to put them at risk. Yeah. And, uh, it was a yearly thing for you guys. Too. Yeah. Every year we go, we would go. I went twice or three times with you guys. You came with us twice. You came with us twice. Once with your, you and your mom came with, with me and Ann, and then another time you and Ryan and Corey yeah. came and um in that time my my grandfather my nono who i'm named after uh passed away a little while ago oh, no. and oh, i didn't get to go to the funeral oh i'm so sorry and uh that hurt that hurt yeah. now my family were like listen a bunch of us couldn't even be there because mm -hmm. they were in such a midst of all the 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 precautions and everything that only x and like only like five six people could actually be in the room oh, for wow. the funeral part and where and then like rest of the family had to stand outside so oh, like my wow. family was like look even if you could get down here there's really no point because you you can't be there and it's like mm. uh but yeah that was that was rough but i am very very excited to get back and go visit my nona because i haven't i haven't seen her in like Almost She's two years, still with two years. us. Oh yeah, That's my beautiful. nona's still with us, and my nona, like at, for the last five years, every time I see my nona, she's she gives and she she still after living in Canada for sixty plus years, she still really struggles with English, right? <laughs> so she'll speak to me in English, and I can make it out. I can I can make out what she's talking about when she's talking in Italian, but she'll speak to me in English. But every time. Um, no, no. She she refers to her, she speaks of herself in the third person because oh like the it. English is brother. <laughs> I love it. No, so no, I love you. I'm like I love you too. No, no. She goes, I don't know if I be here when you come back. But like for every year for five years, right? Oh. And like Anna and I every year. No, no. You're still gonna be and here I, when I come back. And I remember when we were leaving the house with the your aunts or whatever, and like we were leaving driving away. 
she was at the window just looking at us the whole time like leaving yeah, yeah. She, she she was like she we were, she said we already said bye hug yep. kisses whatever oh see you next time yeah then we drive off and we me and Ann look out the window we're like she's just waving and like looking standing at in the door the she's done that since i was a child yeah since i was a child what we a would precious go visit, lady we would go visit my no 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 like every week right and ever since i was a child when we drive away as we drive past their house my nonna will always still be standing in the yep. door waving she still does that to this day till this day Holy to this day crap, yep. that's anyway, beautiful. sorry totally got sidetracked there anyway stories of john's, but john's oh, I, let me point out john's parents are fabulous i don't understand how they produce such an asshole <laughs> <laughs> clearly you're how talking about my you brother end every beautiful story <laughs> you must be talking about my brother oh my god me. i love it all right what's next you guys are too much al renshaw says morbius looks awesome it does look awesome what's next okay hold on wait john i made a note of how to say this name correctly okay okay geome geome labelle geome labelle I wanted to get it right. I've been butchering it for weeks. Library, Guillaume, Guillaume LaBelle says, release the dance cut of West Side Story. Oh, the one with the dance fighting. I want to see you break dance and dance fight. Just like what, the bad uh, music video. What was the last musical that had like a dance fight or an awful dance fight? Oh. Was it Grease? <laughs> Did Grease have dance? No, I they had racing. I can't it remember. Might have been West Side Story. I mean, there was a good walk-off in Zoolander. You know what was a great dance fight? Michael Jackson in the bad video. Yeah, that was a great. Oh, uh, oh, oh, end up, end yeah. up. Uh, Smooth Criminal. Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. oh, oh that's a oh, real oh, dance fight. <laughs> Toss it over Imagine, there. Bring yeah. it back. Listen to Michael these words. Listen to these words. <laughs> that was good. All right, what's next? Max Papanel says. Hey, John and crew, greetings from Windsor, Ontario. I love Windsor. When I checked my Cineplex records, I've been to the movies 19 times this year in theaters. Am I crazy for going that much? Have you gone that much? I, I'm there at least every week. Yeah. Sometimes multiple times a week. There's no crazy in that, my friend. There's no crazy. Especially if you had one of those memberships, right? Use it up. I don't know that Cineplex has them. Oh, okay. Well, then, then he's crazy. No. Go to the movies. <laughs> Go to the movies, man. It's better than spending your money on alcohol. All right. What's next? <laughs> Tim Platson's in a 1999 Super Chat. Thank you. Thank you, Tim subtitling parasite just made it more accessible to the everyday audience i'm not watching a movie where i can't understand half of the dialogue in it shame because i was looking forward to west side story okay tim but hold on a second there is a fundamental difference here that you're <laughs> missing Chill out you're you're missing Chill a out. fundamental difference between parasite and west side story parasite was all in korean that means that the whole movie's in korean we are talking about a movie in West Side Story where there are going to be moments where it's Spanish being spoken without subtitles. Clearly, nobody's asking any of us to go and watch Parasite without any English subtitles and understand what's going on. So don't misunderstand the situation here, Tim. It's a very, very, very different scenario. Very different scenario. All right, what's next? Ryan Lawner says, Isle of Dogs did great with staying understandable with a lot of foreign language lines unsubtitled. You know what? That is a very good point, right? Isle of Dogs, a movie that I don't love, by the way. I know a lot of people are Aww. crazy about it. I think it's okay. I think the movie's all right. But you're right. There are, there are definitely scenes in it where they don't use subtitles. But you totally get the idea of what's being yeah. done because it was done in, in short spurts. 
Mm. Right. And if West Side Story can do that, I think it could work perfectly John, fine. That's rem- a great point, Ryan. It reminds me of the the invasion show. Like it just finished. Um there's some parts that they're speaking Japanese and there was no subtitles. Right. Um, at times it did annoy me a little bit just because I really wanted to know what they're saying. But yeah, I totally got what was going on. Right. All right. By the way, it's not just me, right? Like I, when I was watching that show, the Japanese girl, mm-hmm. I thought for a second, actually, I was convinced for a minute. Like I didn't know Jamie was in this. Like, doesn't she look like Anne's sorority sister? Yeah, Jamie she Chung? does. She does. Yeah. I totally her? thought it was. No, it's, it's not. Mm. I thought for sure it was Jamie Chung. Yeah. But it, it wasn't Jamie. Of course, Jamie, Jamie is Anne's friend. They were sorority sisters as well. And Jamie, of course, was recently in, um, uh, uh, why am I freezing on the name of uh, Lovecraft Country? Wasn't she in Why the Last Man too, or something like that? One of the TV series that was just was. Like... She, I don't think she was. She in... the last time we saw her was at like the Comic Con IGN party. That's all I know. And 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 her were talking, but that was yeah. The last time I got together with her, I think was at a junket of one of her movies. That's the last time I saw right. her. Like she's 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 messaged me a couple times, but yeah. oh, and I know what she was in. She was in that uh, CW movie. The the super kind of the superhero uh i can't yeah I, oh I'm no that was a cw that was fox she played yeah, yeah, blink fox. yeah there in you go the gifted the gifted that's there right you go. she played blink in the did gifted. you like that that's right. i did like I, it. i did too i did too i was really sad when it ended i mean it was losing steam but i kind of liked it until it ended all right, all right anyway what's next sebastian gonzalez says never been so hyped for a movie since Endgame. no way home will be lit big surprises big surprises I love the show. I tune in while I work. Dos los bendiga, J, K, and R. Well, I'm sorry. Without subtitles, One, I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, we don't. Saying, we, Sebastian, I, I, I am lost. You too, I, buddy. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I got to say. You too, buddy. And it could be great. You too, man. It always works. Oh, Thank you for that, Sebastian. I appreciate that. John Redcorn says, the only reservations I have about Morbius, Morbius is it's coming out January and two, your boy Tyrese is in it. Otherwise, I'm looking forward to it. Well, listen, in... in into, now, normally, pre-pandemic times, right? Ugh. January was kind of looked at for a long time as a dumping ground. Yeah. Where movies would just, where studios would just throw their movies that they had no belief in. But we talked about this like over a year ago. Right now, there's no such thing. We are, because we have new movies coming out, but also a year and a half of backlogged movies. And everybody's just looking for a release date to come out. So I wouldn't worry about that in January at all. Now, as far as Tyrese. Um, oh, God. You know, as far as I'm concerned, Tyrese and I uh, uh, buried the hatchet when I went to go see his movie. I, b- I believe the title of it was Black and Blue, where he plays a cop. Mm. And I actually thought it was a pretty good movie. Like, straight up, honestly, I, I actually thought it was a pretty good movie. And so I had, because <laughs> Tyrese was writing to me, asking me for my phone number and stuff like that. Mm. And I'm just like, nah, <laughs> I'm just not going to. In the, in the midst, in the height of the uh, issues? Yeah, in or the height of like, the issues. Like he wrote. Like yeah. when he was like, let me, let, like, let me call you. Like, let's talk about this or yeah. like afterwards. I, I, no, it's kind of in, in the heat of it. He was kind of writing to me and asking me for a phone number. I'm like, nah, that's all right. But I did respect that he was at least wanting to, I, apparently wanting to talk. So at any rate, when I, it was months later, I saw Black and Blue, and I, I actually thought it was pretty good. And I thought he was pretty good in it, to be honest. I thought he was pretty damn good in it. So I reached out. I wrote to him and said, hey, man, just nothing just to say. I saw Black and Blue. I thought it was a good movie. I enjoyed it, and I thought you were quite good in it. 
And so he wrote something back, and it was nice, and that was that was it. That's the Good. last. That's the last words Tyrese and I exchanged with each other. Good. Was that it was all good. So I listen. I think he can be a very good performer. Oh, so great. yeah, I I mean I like him in the Fast and the Furious movies. He's I, so funny. I yeah, I mean I hated everything about Fast Nine, but uh, uh, prior to that, I like him in those movies, and I think he's going to be a very good addition to Morbius. I personally think he's going to be a very so good addition. I think so too. I think so too. I can't escape Baby Boy every time I see him. Oh man! All right, what's All right. Isaac Curry says hi from New Brunswick, Canada. Beautiful area out there. All right. Yeah, love the show. Just to hear Ray <laughs> oh, say. No. Big surprises. <laughs> LOL makes my day. I'm more excited, and I think the Batman 2022 will beat Spider Man No Way Home at the oh, box office numbers. Cheers. Okay. Oh, that was big words. To, that was fighting words. To quote, want to make a bet? Lin Manuel Miranda and Alexander Hamilton when debating whether or not the U.S. should help France against. Uh, in a debate against Thomas Jefferson about whether or not the U.S. should go and intervene in France's civil conflict, uh, Alexander Hamilton said the following, Are you out of your goddamn mind? <laughs> and, and it is the, the two biggest I love that line when he's singing, and then all of a sudden oh, yeah. he just goes, da, 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 da. Are you out of your goddamn mind? It's one of the best moments in Hamilton. But uh, listen, I am so excited for the battle. I mean, yeah. obviously, uh -huh. I am so excited for the Batman. Yeah. I am so excited for this. It is not going to come close mm. to the box office of Spider-Man No Way Home. Unless they announce that Jim Carrey's coming back as the Riddler. Oh, I don't think that you would know, help. <laughs> next to Paul Dano's Riddler, then I don't think we're going to hit those same numbers. No. Yeah, I mean, unless... The only thing that would come close, I think, is if... Yeah. I almost said Hugh Jackman. Um, uh, why am I freezing on the name of the guy won the Academy Award playing Joker? Why am I freezing on Heath Joaquin. Ledger? Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. Oh, um, the post-mortem. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the only thing that I could possibly see making the Batman, making the same box. Now, it could very well be a much better movie. Mm -hmm. The Batman could end up being a much better movie than Spider-Man No Way Home. But the only thing that would make it make more money at the box office if, you know, Warner Brothers held a press conference and said, we have reanimated the dead corpse of Heath Ledger. Oh, my he is God. Dead. All they right. had a I'm zombie on a chain. I'm not touching that Trying to eat brains. But said, and look, he's going to play Joker again. And you had Heath Ledger back from the dead playing the Joker in it against... Uh, get, that's that's the only way I see you that You know, happen. a better comparison would... A better comparison would be the box office numbers to Homecoming with the Batman since it's the first movie of each one you know what i mean because yeah. the batman against uh no way home is kind of unfair to me because you have all these characters but if if he did the homecoming versus the batman it might make more than homecoming yeah because i'll tell you what i think I'll, I'll say straight up i think the trailer the trailers for batman uh the batman are better than spider-man no, uh, no way homes trailers i think they have better trailers really yeah i think it's a better looking movie I really do. Hmm. I would say I am more excited for the Batman than I am for Spider-Man No Way Home. But there's no you, way it's going to make as much money at the no, box office as Spider-Man no. no Way Home. Like, no way. Anyway, that's just me. All right, what's next? JDSCT says, is it considered disrespectful when other countries subtitle English movies? 
seems silly. I again, look, I I don't want to judge everything that Steven Spielberg was saying just on some just on a brief quote written in. Like I would like to sit down with Spielberg for like 15, 20 minutes and hear him really lay out his feelings on it, what makes him feel that way. Because look, obviously, when they play this movie in Germany, yeah. there's gonna be German subtitles <laughs> for the movie, right? So I, again, I think it appears to be a much bigger issue than it actually is. I think once we see this movie, we're going to realize this isn't even an issue, so I don't mm -hmm. think it's going to be a problem. All right, what's next? John McKinney sends in a, 19, a $9.99 super chat. Thank you so much. You and I know that all art is subjective. Common sense, right? Should a college professor be fired for teaching all art is objective? I say yes. It's not about free speech. It's about doing your job. No, and I, I think that's over, oversimplifying it. I think, look, obviously, I believe you fundamentally don't understand film at all if you don't understand the subjectivity of it. If you don't understand the subjectivity of film, you just fundamentally don't understand movies. But uh, that doesn't mean that I don't think you should be fired from your job. Mm. I mean, you can know a lot about film and get that one part wrong, but, and that's fine. So, no, I, I think I think that's an, an overreaction, John McKinney. To, to be honest with you, I think that's an overreaction. So, no, I would say no. Now, of course, they might be a terrible at their job, which <laughs> would be a totally different situation. But just on that basis alone, no, I wouldn't <clears throat> fire somebody for that. All right, what's next? Richard K. sent in a $60.73 super chat. Wow, Richard, thank, thank you, you for supporting us on that level, man. That's incredibly generous of you. Thank you, dude. Gracias. <laughs> Do you know what I said? Do you know what I said? We didn't have subtitles ready. <laughs> Did you run it? <laughs> With Spider-Man potentially breaking all these records, isn't that just a case for him to say at Marvel, no Sony Spider-Man, Sam Raimi, or Andrew Garfield Spider-Man ever broke records, so that means he makes more money at Marvel, so he will stay. No, that's... Uh that's that's a misnomer that's like saying oh no spider-man movie before this one made as much money as spider-man 3 did in its opening weekend therefore marvel shouldn't have it at all no it's going to change and go back and forth this has been a built-up thing this is the first true blockbuster since the pandemic so it means nothing at all any more than saying well you know none of the spider-man movies at marvel have made as much opening weekend as spider-man 3 did therefore it needs to immediately go back to no, there's there's a thousand other circumstances besides just that, and you're overlooking the circumstances to make just make a bold statement like that. So no, that that to me that doesn't count into it at all. All right, what's next? Sidious Swift says, I bet there's going to be minimal Spanish in West Side. It's like only going to come up in scenes where the actors are clearly emoting something. Yeah, that's my suspicion as that's well. That's what Sidious. I think. Don't know for sure until we see the movie on Thursday, but that's what I'm suspecting it's going to be too. We'll find out. All right, what's next? Cody Hunt says, Ron Burgundy watching West Side Story. <laughs> you know I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> that is oh, one well. of the great longs when he's talking to Baxter. When I, first of all, there are so many moments in Ron Burgundy, in Anchorman, that I just feel like I'm going to die because I can't breathe. I'm laughing so hard. But one of those moments, like when he's talking to Baxter, it's like, what? You ate an entire wheel of cheese. I'm not even mad. That's amazing. Slow down. You know, I don't speak Spanish. Like it's just, it's that movie is one of the greatest comedies of all time. Oh my God. It's one of the greatest comedies of all time. I, I can watch that. Every six months for the rest of my life. I haven't seen it in a really long time. Uh, and you're just reminding up. me that I need to do a rewatch. It holds up. 
Yeah. What does he say when he's in the in phone booth? I'm trapped in the prison of my emotions. Okay. <laughs> oh my god, that movie's so funny. All right, what's next? My comic plan planet says many reliable sources are saying No Way Home final VFX shots won't be done until the week of the release. Can't imagine the stress of the VFX guys must be under right now. Never seen it cut this close before. Well, look, it's not terribly uncommon. It's not common, but it's not terribly uncommon that filmmakers are literally working on the film right up to the last second. Like I remember when I when I got together and talked with Joss Whedon about Avengers Age of Ultron, he was like a visibly broken man. Like he was just he was exhausted and broken and, and it's like I like I even asked, Are you doing okay? It's like I was literally in an edit room last night, like working till like three in the morning. We're at the press junket. When I was talking to him about this, right? Holy so crap. it's it's not completely thing. Um, there are some people who are going to run and say, "Oh, the VFX shots aren't done." Look, and they were trying to say that was the explanation of why they were only showing some journalists forty percent of the movie. It's like, look, you don't understand how visual effects work. <laughs> it's not; they don't have sixty percent of the movie is incomplete. That is that is not like I'm sure there are a few shots. It's not terribly uncommon that there are a few shots that they probably thought were done. And went, you know what? We can probably improve that. Let's go back to it and all that kind of stuff. And they will probably do that right up to the last moment. But it's it's not it's not game changing. Like I, I'll tell you this right now: a finished version of this movie that can be released right now is ready to go. What they are working on right now are, are improvements or slight changes that they want to make. There's nothing like game changing that they're working on on at this moment. Because right now, if they had to release the movie today, they've got a movie they can release today. But they're going to work right up to the last second making those last minute improvements and stuff like that. So it's not terribly uncommon. All right, what's next? Harvest K says, I remember watching Babel in its entirety on DVD without subtitles, thinking that was the way it was intended. Plus, it worked thematically. We still got the gist of the story from the acting alone. Okay, so this, Harv's, you just remind me of this great story. I wish Aaron was here to tell it. So Aaron, Aaron and Tom were watching, I think it was like episode six of WandaVision, right? And they're watching it, and it was all in Spanish. Now, what Aaron and Tom oh, assumed no. was that as WandaVision was kind of paying homage to different eras of television each each episode. Oh, that they were doing a telenovela? Yeah. Oh, my thought, God. Oh, my gosh. This is amazing. <laughs> They're doing an homage to telenovela. Wow. And then they get like 20 minutes into the episode and they're still all speaking Spanish. And it wasn't until it ended that they realized they had the language settings set to Spanish. <laughs> and they were like, man, this is... And Aaron's telling me the story. Aaron's like, they're like 10 minutes into it and they're like, okay, this is really cool that they're doing an homage to telenovela, but I don't know what's going on. What's what's happening? And they had watched the whole episode oh in God. Spanish. Didn't know the first the thing that was going thing. on with it. So that reminds me of that, Harves. Thanks for sharing your thought on that because it reminded me of that. All right, what's next? Al Renshaw says, update on the bet that John is going to lose in regards to Spider-Man box office. Ketchup and eggs, breakdancing photos or clips, Star Wars fan film photos. Uh, we, we haven't negotiated the, the negotiations haven't begun yet on that bet. So just so you know, I've set the over under line mm -hmm. for Spider-Man No Way Home's opening domestic weekend at 249.5 million. So if it makes 250 or higher, 
which is what Kim believes it'll do, she wins. If it makes under 250, I win. Um, I I mean, I think it's going to smash existing records, but I don't think it's going to hit 250. I don't think it'll it'll surpass Star Wars. I don't think it'll surpass Infinity War. I don't think it'll do that, but that's what the bet will be. But we have not yet negotiated the terms. So we will see. We will see. Mm. All right, what's next? Newman Parada says, Compadres, 2016 did the opposite. Oh, it was spoken in English and Spanish and was subtitled for both. It was no problem. Good actors helped too. I don't remember Compadres. That's not that one with um, Will Ferrell where the whole movie was in Spanish, was it? No, no, no. That's the one because he did that one with Genesis Rodriguez. That was the movie he did with Genesis Rodriguez. And it was called, oh, what was the name? Do you guys remember in the live chat? What was the name of the movie with uh, Will Ferrell and Genesis Rodriguez? In what, it, it had a Spanish title and I cannot remember the name of it. I just want to see if you guys, Casa de Me Padre. Is that the name of it? Oh, Rick yeah, yeah. You're, that, you're right. You're right. right. So I, I don't I don't remember what Compadres was. It had Eric Roberts and Kevin Pollack. Pollack. Kevin Pollack. Pol- really? Okay, Pol- I'm, I'm not familiar with it at yeah. all. Here's an interesting story though about uh, Genesis Rodriguez and uh, Casa de Me Padre, which is House of My Father. I believe that's what it means. See, and I didn't even have subtitles. Ah. I didn't have subtitles. I think it means House of My Father. I th- anyway, so Genesis Rodriguez, who had, I had met. A couple of times before that they were doing the press day for casa de mi padre mm-hmm. and i'll look up i'll show this clip sometime so i was supposed to go and cover the press junket but i couldn't go that day so i sent one of my other reporters to go and cover for it right and it's one of my favorite clips ever because it makes me feel like i'm special even though she probably didn't give a shit. but i've got this clip of uh the the, the reporter that i sent brought back the footage right says you should watch this and it's and cameras genesis is sitting down it's like oh i thought john was coming to to cover for you guys and the in my report you see his voice going no no he couldn't he couldn't make it today she goes huh so he just skipped out huh he said yeah but he doesn't know what he's missing and she goes yeah you tell john that he doesn't know what he's missing you say to him to hell with you john to hell with you and i'm watching this and i'm like this is the best video clip ever of genesis rodriguez saying saying this about me but anyway uh, that's my little story about casa de Bay padre anyway what's that <laughs> luis enrique de la pena says as a bilingual mexican i'm excited to see west side story and i'm not a fan of musicals i learned english by watching tv movies and listening to music that is awesome you know it's funny because i've talked to a lot of people in recent months about who just really fondly remember that original West Side Story movie. And so it's going to have a lot of meaning for a lot of people. So I think that's great. Thanks for sharing that, Luis. All right, what's next? Nick says, In the Heights, one of my favorite movies of the year. Had lines of Spanish with no translation at the bottom, and I still understood the scenes going on. By the way, Nick, I loved In the Heights, too. I don't even remember (laughs) there being lines only in Spanish. I don't even remember it. That's that's how effective it right? must have been because I don't even remember there being lines of Spanish. So that's probably a good illustration. Well said, Nick. What's next? Calvin Severo Panjo says, just hope this Spielberg idea doesn't become a problem to the deaf community. Also, thanks, John. Love the show. Okay, yeah, but that's a separate thing because if you're part of the, a member of the deaf community you're, and you just go into a regular screening of West Side Story, there's no subtitles for all the English either. No. So clearly for those screenings for people who are hearing impaired, 
there's going to be subtitles. Maybe they just didn't drop out subtitles when the Spanish is being spoken because the audience is supposed to know what they're saying specifically. But yeah, if you just went into a regular screening of West Side Story, there wasn't going to be subtitles on the bottom for English. So I don't think that's going to be an issue. I mean, it's a good point, but I don't think that's going to be an issue. All right, what's next? John Redcorn says, in my opinion, Leto looked freaking ridiculous in House of Gucci. That can be your opinion. I thought he looked great. As somebody from an Italian family, I, I'm saying that's they, they ain't far off the mark. I ain't far off the mark. I'm just telling you. That's that's just that. All right, what's next? Okay, this comes from Thanos Quaveras. He sends in an eleven fifty five super chat. Thank you. No subs shouldn't be a problem. I've watched and recommended Tribe. 2014 a ukrainian film completely in ukrainian sign language with no subs at all and could perfectly follow the plot um, that's fine that's fine that's crazy but wow. but pointing out a specific example of one like you sit an average person down in front of a korean film with no subtitles you're not going to know what's going on but again i don't think that's the situation here i think the situation here is that it's going to be used sparingly i think it's gonna be used sparingly and you will under understand the gist of what's being said all right what's next john keely says west side story with no subtitles how are the deaf community going to understand anything in the movie again, again. that it, it, that's a non-issue because they would be watching a different version of the film anyway because if they just went into a regular theater to watch west side story there aren't going to be english subtitles either so they'd be, they'd be watching a different uh version of the film at it either all right what's next Luis Enrique de la Peña says, if you want to watch a good Mexican film, start learning Spanish. Watch Pedro's Infinite movies. He was the biggest movie star from the 40s and 50s. Oh, thanks for throwing that in. Thanks for throwing that into Whoa. the conversation, man. Good to know. All right. What's next? Jason Frost is in a super chat. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jason. Tevin Camo says, loving the DC shirt and hoodie choice of the day. Uh, yeah, I, I love this. This was a gift. I got this from, from somebody I know over at Warner Brothers who sent this over to me. I've had it for a little while now, but I do love this, and I'm very excited for this movie. All right, what's next? Luis Enrique de la Pena says, Pedro Infinite Infante. Sorry, Infante. I said that wrong, guys. Infante made drama, comedy, and ranchero films. Mexican version of Westerns. One of his most popular films is Pepe El Toro, Mexican Rocky. Good to know. Thanks for giving us the education on that, Luis. All right, what's next? Noah AG says, do you think they show Toby and Andrew will be in the trailer of No Way Home? <sighs> See, I'm less, right from the beginning, I've been less certain about that. Like, even when I was certain there was going to be a trailer on the Monday yeah. Night Football, I wasn't certain that Andrew or Toby would be in it. Yeah. I'm still not certain. I suspect. Mm -hmm. I suspect. But certainly not certain. Uh, so, yeah. All right, what's next? Jason Frost says, anyone excited for a Morbius Blade crossover, given the universes are crossing over? It also gives me an idea of what vamps might look like in Blade. Uh, you know what? I don't think there are going to be. I don't think, uh, even though that is the most natural idea in the world of Morbius and Blade, I don't. I actually don't think they're going to do I, that. I wanted to bring this up real quick, John. Um, last night on Trevor Noah, like his show, Yep. Um, he had Mahershala Ali. Mahershala Ali was on it? Yeah. And I got to say, there's nothing that exudes cool than him. Like in this interview, oh, oh my God, his, his, the what he wears, his voice. And just like he's like super focused, like and doesn't care about anything that's going on. He's just super focused on his career and his family. But Trevor Noah brought up the, the Blade movie. Right. And he just said he just appreciates the love and passion and the excitement that goes into the Marvel projects. And uh, Trevor Noah asked him. 
how long will it take you to like uh you know get in shape and be ready for the the fighting in blade and he's like i'm going through the process right now so it's like it's like it's coming (laughs) oh my god he praised wesley snipes too which was really great of him you know what i mean because blade kind of opened the doors opened people's eyes to this character i knew nothing of blade until i saw i think most people did and he it became my favorite movie and probably still is my favorite marvel movie till this day so blade yeah blade really you don't know how much of a blade fan i was i turned into a vampire those nights and i sat on my roof just looking at the stars (laughs) wearing all black i was like what i was like 15 16 i dyed my hair like not red like uh you know like the freckles red but red like deep bright red and i would serious? wear sunglasses that i i was just a dumb combat, dumb combat dumb thing. dumb kid oh my god but yeah i i love blade i still do i i i think i like blade 2 even more than the first blade yeah i love blade, blade 2 that's the one that introduced ryan, ryan reynolds in. no no that was blade no, 3. Oh, that was blade 3. that Feel. one was not which so one good. was two again who was the main um, villain in that one. Blade Two was the one that had um, Dracula was number three. Dracula was oh. in the third one. It's, it was the, the hybrids. It was like oh, those, right. those, the, the hybrid thing. Right? They, they were scary. They, those things scared me. They That's the scary. one with uh, Ron Perlman. Yeah, I was gonna say Ron Perlman was. Okay, in that okay, one. I got you. Uh, all right, let's keep going on here. What's next? Jason Frost says, "Anyone excited for more Morbius Blade <laughs> crossover? Given the universes are crossing over, wait. It also that, no, gives. I think that one we already read. Yeah." Or did he put it in twice? Nope, that was that's one we already read. My bad. Okay, that's my bad. Raymond Verada says, I hate it when Hollywood changes the vampire. That's why I got mixed up. The vampire limitations. And Friday night, you have to believe. In Fright Night, golly, Kimberly, you have to believe to use a cross. Twilight vampires have various gifts. <laughs> oh, I listen. No, the, I think that's great. Yeah. If you're going to use vampires, do something unique. Listen, I'll, I'll say this too. I remember the first time I saw the original Twilight, mm-hmm. right? Because everybody was seeing it. Uh, right now, not my kind of movie, but one of the things that I appreciated was, hey, if you're going to do vampires stay true to vampires but give it your own give something unique to it and i appreciated that in the twilight stories they changed some of the the core Mm -hmm. mythologies like it's like it's not that they burn up in sunlight it's that if you expose them sunlight you'll be able to tell what they are because their skin starts shine bright like a diamond (laughs) (laughs) okay rihanna so so it would it would it would shine. I like the idea that individual vampires will have your core vampire abilities, but also a unique one that's unique to them. I appreciated that because listen, even if you go into vampire lore, old stories of vampire lore differ as well as to what vampires can and cannot do. So yeah, I actually appreciate it when a movie takes a standard trope like vampires and tries to give a little bit of a unique angle to it as well. I actually think that's a good thing. Like Taiki Watiti's, uh, uh, what we do what in the shadows. Yeah. Or, or, or <laughs> you, know, you know what was Gidmo. great? 30 Days of Night. That one surprised I love, me. Do you know 30 Days of Night was great. the first movie I saw with your sister? Oh, didn't you? That was the very first movie I Man, saw. Man, like, the vampires in there were crazy. I was on the edge of they my seat. They were great. The, uh, I love the, them in that. And that was that's scary. The, I never knew Alaska would go under, like, yeah, like be dark for that many days. It was a it was a cool movie. All right. What's next? Takio, the vintage says, would Sony dare to put Toby and Andrew in the final trailer? Sure they would. I'm not saying they are, but they totally would. That would sell all the tickets. 
because they haven't sold all the tickets yet. Oh, Listen, they remember this. They haven't. Spider-Man, or sorry, Avengers Endgame made 350 million plus opening weekend. That means even if Spider-Man No Way Home made 250 million this opening weekend, which I don't think it will, but even if it did, that means there's still $100 million worth of tickets out there to be sold. Mm. So you put... You put Toby and Andrew, I'm not saying they will. I'm just saying you put Toby and Andrew in a third and final trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home. You will sell all the tickets. They're all gone. What, what tickets are left, and there are still tickets left, they'll all be gone. Thanos snapped away. Poof. Gone. All right, what's next? Scott Fisher says, is that why you left Canada? What? <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea what Scott's talking about. All right, what's next? Dante said I Oh, I bet I know. I bet it's the double books story. Oh, yeah. I, it I, is. Bet, that, I bet he's referring to the double it books is. story. Oh. They're still after you. That's Getting right. out of Dodge. That's Revenge. Right the US. Revenge is sweet. Get out of Dodge. All right, what's next? A woman scorn. Dante Serechia says, hi, friends. Wow, I just had a huge thought. What if the antagonist of Morbius is Morlun or one of the inheritors? Connection to the Spider-Verse? He's got part two. And that is all of the Spidey No Way Home hype could be making a larger... Masking. Sorry, can be masking a larger multiverse connection with Morbius and its connection to everything. Big surprise. Big surprise. Nah, nah, nah. I, I think that. I mean, that's an interesting theory, but that's that's going that's deviating way outside of what they're doing with this film. So I love the imagination, Dante. <laughs> I love the imagination, but no, I don't. I don't think that's even remotely possible. All right, what's next? Elizabeth Gerardo says. So my local AMC decided to put Matrix in their dine-in theater, nice. which means wheelchair seating close to the screen. I feel they did this due to it also being on HBO Max, since dine-in has less seats. Well, I mean, look. I've been in, I, first of all, let me say, I love AMC dine-in theaters. The, the dine-in theaters are a totally great fun experience. I love them very much. But like the front in a dine-in theater, because it's a smaller theater, it is not as nearly as bad as like a regular theater having to sit in the front row and doing this. It's, it's, a, it's much better accommodating for that, so it wouldn't be too bad. But I do love those dine-in theaters. I really do. All right, what's next? All right, so we've got super chats from Noah AG and Wyatt Bender. Thank you so much. And we also have one from Chips Bewick and Donald Thomas. Thank you guys very much. And lastly, Unbeatable says, well, my Spanish... Oh, I, you don't have anything there from Andrea P? Yeah, I just... I, guess just... I don't. Okay, read off the other monitor there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let me scoot this. Yeah, Andrea P says, hi. Oh. I already read hers. She Did she put it in again? I think so. All right, try yeah. what's What's next? What about that one? Oh, no, this one's already been in there. Yeah. Mm. This, I, mean, I don't know if people repeated them, but anyway, all right, that does mean that's we have why it's one not last popping up in one. yours. Oh, what's the last one? The last one is from Unbeatable. Well, my Spanish teacher in high school taught us some swear words, so I guess I'll have to keep an ear out for some of that mierda. That's weird. It that was like also the from system earlier. system did something weird. That was weird. also from earlier. Yeah, yeah it okay, was. So the, the system's hiccuping a little yeah. bit. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. Uh, that's it for all the comments that you guys had to send into this. So here's what's going to happen now as we roll into hour number three on today's show. We're going to take just a short little quick break, less than five minutes. We're just going to get up, stretch our legs, go refill our drinks and stuff like that. Give you guys a chance to run, use the bathroom, talk amongst yourselves. And then we will be back and start taking your questions that you guys have been firing in. So don't go anywhere, guys. We will be right back. All right, everybody. And we are back. 
Thank you so much for your patience and indulgence as we took a little bit of a quick break there. By the way, I'm just going to give you guys the final tallies with a little over 3,500 votes in our question of, do you think there will be a third final trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home still to come? 57% of wow. you said yes, you believe there is going to be a third trailer. 43% of you said no, you do not believe there's going to be a final trailer. So uh, that's what you guys are thinking right now. Thank you to everybody for participating in the poll. Okay, with all that down, guys... It is time for us to get to, oh, and I lost it. I lost it already. I'll have to go bring it back up. It's going to go time for us to go over to your questions that you guys have been firing in uh, to the show. Now, once again, if you want to send in a question to be read on this show or an upcoming companion video, simply go down into the description of this video and you'll see a tip link. Click on that or enter it in manually at www dot stream elements.com slash movie blog tv slash tip you'll be getting your question read on a show of course if again we consider your question appropriate to be used on the show and of course you're supporting the channel at the same time all right with that said let's get over to those questions kim what do we got up here okay guys this first question comes from daniel lyons this is one of five hey everybody <laughs> just asking this is a huge theory i could be totally wrong this is long Take a breath. Here's my theory. At the Statue of Liberty, Toby, Andrew, and Tom are battling Electro, Sandman, and Lizard. As soon as this happens, the shield collapses and destroys everything. I think what my theory is, people will hear the destruction at the Statue of Liberty, helicopters and all. They get footage and see three Spider-Men and the villains. This could be the moment which Doctor Strange does the spell. But there's so much craziness going on that the spell goes wrong. But what happens to the rift opens up and he has to do another spell. He tries to erase everything that has just occurred. It could be a spell that forgets everything or make everything worse. We don't know. I think everybody has to either e exile or forget, which shows at the end of at the end, MJ kissing Peter saying goodbye. This could be totally wrong. Still working on how everybody will be sent back. This is just a theory. <laughs> it could be totally wrong, like zero percent, just negatives. Your thoughts? Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I mean, okay, I know what to say. Nine days, man. Nine, nine days. Nine. You don't need to think no more. Let's just see what happens. I'm yeah, I, I mean, look, I, possible. I mean, what we are looking for here, what nobody's been talking about is, what is the meaning of no way home? Is, is it like mm. nobody's been talking about that? We have not been talking about the mm -hmm. fact that he might not come back to life as he knows it. Yeah, that if he goes, if he goes and does this, there will be no way home. And hence he shuffles off to the Sonyverse or not. Or maybe it's somebody else who's come over into our universe and they have no way home. I mean, so yeah. there's a lot of that stuff in there. Look, Daniel, here's the thing. 99% of what all of our theories are going to be completely bupkis. <laughs> Mine included, <laughs> yours included, everybody. But hey, man, I love the fact that you're so invested in this and you thought that out so well. So thank you for giving us your theory, man. And listen, we'll see how close it comes. We've only got nine days left to go, my man. All right, what's next? Matthew Grant says, you keep saying Dolby Prime is your favorite screen format, but yes. where I'm at, Dolby at AMC and AMC Prime are two different formats on two different screens. Are they one and the same where you're at? Here's what happened. The very first AMC Prime theaters were all Dolby. It was AMC Prime was synonymous with AMC Prime Dolby. However, since that time, AMC started making some AMC Prime theaters that were not Dolby theaters. What make, okay, so what makes the Dolby theater distinct is this, the dual laser projection system, which is the best viewing experience in the business with the Dolby Atmos surround sound. 
So when AMC primes first start, and what what denotes a prime theater is the motorized leather reclining seats, which is awesome. I love it. Mm-hmm. So all of the original AMC Prime theaters were also Dolby. So an AMC Prime theater had the Dolby Dual Laser, Atmos Surround Sound, and the AMC Leather Motorized Reclining Seats. But since that time, AMC has also started making AMC Primes that didn't have Dolby in them. So now you have two distinct things. You have the uh, AMC Dolby Prime, which is a Prime theater with all the Dolby stuff. And then you just have AMC Prime which is a theater without Dolby, but it has the motorized leather reclining seats. So when I say my favorite viewing experience is the AMC Prime Dolby. That, that's my favorite because it's got all the best of their motorized leather recliners and the dual laser projection. Uh, but if I can't do that, I'll just go to a regular AMC Prime because I just love watching in those recliners. I think that's great. All right, what's next? Hot Rod says, just saw an interview last night reposted by Everything Always with Willem Dafoe, Jamie Foxx, and Alfred Molina talking about being in Spider-Man No Way Home. So I would say Willem is definitely in the movie. There's no speculation anymore. I can link if you want. No, we, we talked about this on the show yesterday. So yeah, absolutely. There was, I mean, obviously I said all along, look, I think it's Willem Dafoe, but there was a people writing in there was a possibility that maybe it could be something else because they hadn't shown his face yet but yeah that question has now completely been removed all right well pointed out man what's next tony rodriguez says just watched a morbius movie clip on youtube it looks crazy good this is going to be a good standalone movie or a great addition to the mcu or sony movie verse can't wait to see how it ties into spidey 3 or spider S-P-U-M-C. Sony Pictures Universe of Marvel Cinema. I can't remember what Spunk stood for. <laughs> I'm the one who came up with the phrase Spunk. I mean, Sony's got to come up. And they did. They have changed their name. It's no longer Spunk. It's, They've come up with something else. It's SSU. It's the, yes, yes, yes. The Sony, Sony Spider-Man, Spider-Man Universe. Yeah, which so it's the better. SSU, which is much better than Spunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, it looks like you got some Spunk on you. Yeah, mm-hmm. never mind that. So, <laughs> so here's the thing. Um, yeah, we talked about it a little bit on earlier earlier on today's show. That Morbius clip is awesome. Awesome. I cannot wait to watch this movie, man. Look, this is pretty good, too, because we're going to get to watch Spider-Man No Way Home. And then we don't have a long wait until Morbius comes out after that. Oh. It's very, very soon after that. I mean, all of our attention is on Spider-Man No Way Home right now for obvious reasons. But as soon as we're done that, we got another thing coming really soon. I am so stoked for this. All right, what's next? Anonymous says, what's the likelihood of seeing Dane DeHaan pop up in No Way Home? I think fairly low, but man, I would love it. I love Dane DeHaan. I I really personally first discovered him in Chronicle that he was in with Michael B. Jordan, directed by Josh Trank. I love that movie. And then he went on to be in a number of really good films, giving great performances. Obviously, it's unfortunate how The Amazing Spider-Man 2 turned out, but I think Dane DeHaan is a terrific actor. I would love to see him, but I don't think he's going to be in this. All right, what's next? Casey McNatt says, hi, John, Kim, and Ray. Hope your day is going well. Well, we are just a week or two away from No Way Home. It's finally coming out, and I can't wait to see it. However, that being said, something came out Saturday that has me anticipating a movie in 2022. That's right. We got the first look of the animated Into the Spider-Verse sequel across the Spider-Verse Part 1, and I can't wait for that to come out. Sucks that we have to wait till October, though. Mm -hmm. The fact that it's getting a two-part sequel could mean it ah, could have the potential of being in the category of best animated trilogy ever. Have you seen the trailer or first look and what are your thoughts? Yeah, we actually talked about it on yesterday's show. Okay, first of all, pump the brakes. We cannot be having conversations about 
best animated trilogy ever when we haven't even seen the second one yet. <laughs> like, so let's just, just let's pump the brakes on that conversation right now. Let's see if the, cause the second film is where a lot of films stumble. Yeah. Right. We see, look, look what happened with the matrix sequel. Look what happened with the hangover sequel. Look what happened with you name it. Right. Like, so let's pump the brakes on great. Like if we see the next movie and it's on par with the first Spider-Verse movie. Okay, then let's start having that conversations about the third film, right? But until then, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Uh, but I think it looks great. It seems to capture the same spirit of the first one in that DNA. So I'm obviously super, super excited for this mo these movies, man. Very, very pumped. All right, what's next? Reshi says, do I have to watch Mayor of Easttown to first understand Mayor of Kingstown? So I, I was um, really confused when I first started hearing about that it's like wait a minute is this like a shared cinematic universe with mayor of east town but they are two different things there is mayor which is m-a-r-e which is the girl's name and then there's mayor m-a-y-r as in the position the government official mayor yeah completely unconnected completely unconnected but listen mayor of east town so freaking good is so ridiculously good and i'll tell you what the new jeremy renner listen there are two new jeremy renner shows out there there's a great one, and then there's Hawkeye. The great <laughs> one. And listen, Hawkeye's starting to win me over. It is. Good. But the great one is the mayor of Kingstown. That's the one, to me, that is, like, it is so good right now. Apple you, Plus, right? Uh, Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, okay. Paramount Plus is where it's at. So if you haven't checked that one out yet, I would highly recommend you go and, and check that out because it is really, nice. really good. All right. What's next? Matthew Montalongo says, you were my number one podcast on Spotify rap this year with <laughs> 10,934 minutes. Safe wow. to say, I love the show and I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate your efforts. You helped me sharpen my opinion and mind about films and I'm grateful for that. Well, thank you for that so much. It is really cool how many people have been writing into me since Spotify put that stuff to say, hey, you're a number one on my Spotify list and stuff like that. So thank you guys. And just for those of you who don't know, there is an audio only version of the show that in a podcast form called the John Campy Show Podcast. If you guys have not subscribed to it yet, simply go onto your favorite podcasting app of choice, search for the John Campy Show and go and subscribe to it today. So thanks for letting me know about that, Matthew. All right, what's next? Jonathan says, so I had this weird dream concerning how mcu can move forward with their multiverse <laughs> a dream in it in it there was this Dreaming. villain that goes around the cosmos destroying the universe thor loses his powers to an evil variant and the main mcu universe is captured by the villain who promises to destroy the mcu in 54 days by the way somehow you were in it john don't ask what your fate was it wasn't pretty much love john Man, we have gone from <laughs> theories about Spider-Man No Way Home dreams. to dreams about how the MCU is going to Hey, that sounds... you. It, what you just sound said, it sounds a lot like CW's Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover, where... <laughs> Um, the uh, the anti-monitor was going around and destroying all the realities and all the universes. So it sounds very similar to that. Maybe you had seen that recently and worked its way into your brain. Anyway, thanks for sharing that, man. All right, what's next? Marie Seifring says, Hey, John and crew, what are your thoughts on Joel Cohen's take on Shakespeare with the tragedy of Macbeth with Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand? I'm intrigued. Mm. Thanks. Um, listen, Denzel, two of the greatest actors of all time. Uh, Frances McDormand, who after her last Academy Award win, 
is absolutely in the conversation. I'm not saying she supplants the street monster, but I'm just saying Frances is in the conversation of the greatest actress of all time conversation. She's got to be in that conversation now. Then you got Denzel Washington and you have Joel Cohen directing it and it's Shakespeare. I mean, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen it yet. A buddy of mine went to a, a screening of it at the Director's Guild the other night and invited me to go. I couldn't go. We were busy, but I am dying to see it. I think this has glory written all over it. So I, yes. I cannot wait to check this one out. We're yeah. really, really excited for it. All right. What's next? Nathan Kalpari says, hi, John. You keep saying there's no way that Sony will invite you to the No Way Home premiere. My question is, would you still go if you were invited? Long time well, fan. I have never been invited to a Spider-Man premiere, like ever. I've not gone to a single one of them. Uh, not back. Well, I, I wasn't really in the industry yet when the original Spider-Man movies came out. But the uh, the Amazing Spider-Man movies, never invited to a premiere. Spider-Man Homecoming, I was not invited to that premiere. Spider-Man Far From Home, I was not invited to that premiere. So there's no reason, like pictures or not, there's no reason I would have been invited to this one. Mm -hmm. And I'm not complaining. I'm not entitled to get invited to these things. I'm a fucking nobody doing a YouTube show in my converted garage. I am not entitled to be invited to any of this stuff at all. I'm just saying, uh, since I have never been invited to any Spider-Man premiere, I had no reason to expect. Would I go if I was invited? Of course, that's an honor. If you get invited, like, listen, there's only so many seats at a premiere. That That's the thing I'm always amazed by. It's like there's only so many chairs for a premiere. It's not like watching a stream of something where it can be infinite number of people. Like, I I, I don't, I haven't told you this, Ray, but uh, I just got invited. We're going to watch an advanced premiere screening of uh, The Witcher season two. Oh, wow. Yep. But. So, and I'm very excited about that. And Kim, you can come over and watch it too, if you want. During Thanks. The but here's the thing. Technically speaking, Netflix can send out a million of those invitations if you want, if they wanted to, because mm -hmm. you're just watching on streaming. But for an actual premiere, there's a fixed number of seats. And once those seats are filled, nobody else can come. It is an incredible honor to be invited to these premieres because only so many people can go. So yeah. I have never been invited to a Spider-Man premiere, and I do not believe that's about to start now. Uh, but of course, if they were to invite me, of course I would go. That's an honor. It's an absolute honor. So I would absolutely go if they did. All right, what's next? Mark 2021 says, hey, John, I just watched Belfast and curious if you have seen it. What are your thoughts? As a good Belfast kid myself, it's great to see Hollywood put my home city on the map. And I did have high hopes for this. And I found the movie quite good. Not brilliant, but it was fine. And it does look a little bit into our history and the conflicts that went on. There's also a two-second clip of the kid reading a Thor comic. I like that little nod. And of course, the director of Belfast um, was also the great Kenneth Branagh is also, of course, the director of oh, the first nice. Thor movie. Nice. So that's a nice little connection. Listen, I remember it was the other day somebody brought up, you know, I went to see Belfast the other day. I'm like, wait a minute, time out. Did that thing open in theaters? I had no idea. It totally snuck in under my nose and I didn't even know it was playing really? in theaters already. Aaron and I saw our first preview for it several months ago at uh, at CinemaCon. And we were like, well, this looks really good. And then it started winning all these international awards. It's like, well, damn. I got, and, and it's going to be one of the best picture nominees. Like that's, we've been able to see that so far. Whether or not it deserves it, I don't know because I haven't seen it yet. But um, haven't seen it yet. 
dying to see it. It's Kenneth Branagh. He's one of my favorite directors, so I'm going to get on that as soon as I can. All right, what's next? T.R. Nunley says, I wouldn't be surprised if the Green Goblin turns out to be the actor Dane William DeHaan, who plays Harry Osborn slash Green Goblin in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. After all, the two villains are from that movie. Thoughts? Uh, no. No. I mean, one of them was, yes. <laughs> but uh, the others from the other movies as well. No, I, again, that question has now been put to bed. It is Willem Dafoe doing it. But it's not impossible that Dane DeHaan could pop up in there. I would be very happy to see him pop in there, but I'm not expecting it at this point. But let's see if you're right about that, TR. All right, what's next? Logan James Canastan says, Hi, John. I was watching ET Canada interviewing Tom Hanks, and they asked him to name his favorite three films from his own career. He said, number one, A League of Their Own, number two, Castaway, and number three, Cloud Atlas. The latter really surprised me. Thoughts? Are you out of your goddamn mind? I'm quoting Hamilton again. I listen, love Tom Hanks, but he's crazy if he thinks Cloud Atlas is his third best film. I don't know if he owed somebody a favor to throw that one in there. Cloud Atlas is not a good Maybe film. Maybe he was talking about his his personal time on set. Yeah, his personal he experience. might have had a great time Maybe behind was, the scenes, but... All movies are subjective. Maybe that is legitimately his third favorite movie that he's done. Mm. You know but what? to put that above Philadelphia? And Terminal? <laughs> oh my god tom <laughs> the airport saga but to put it above philadelphia that won him his first academy award to put it above big which is the, the movie that kind of made tom hanks a household name to put it up i don't know i mean that's but if you think about it i think some some actors they're the ones that read the script and they're working closely with the director and maybe at the time what you're making I imagine maybe you might be surprised by what's what ends up being on the screen. Maybe when you're making it, it, it felt epic. It felt um, forward thinking. And then when you saw it, it was like, oh, that's weird. Because I, in my head and what I experienced was totally different. Well, I mean... It's all subjective, so we'll give him that. All right, what's next? Sam Fisher says, just rewatched Orphan Black. John, it is fantastic. I I highly recommend you watch it if you haven't already. It's a high-concept sci-fi show about clones. Tatiana Maslany won an Emmy yes, she did. for her part. If nothing else to watch because she's She-Hulk and it's super Canadian. Yeah, of course, good Canadian girl Tatiana Maslany stars in that and she is our new She-Hulk and she did win an Academy, or an Academy. She won an Emmy Award for that. Listen, she literally plays... I lost count of how many clones of herself and each one of the clones having a completely unique, different personality and all that kind of stuff. It is crazy. Like that's why when they announced that she was cast to play She-Hulk, a lot of people lost their minds. Like people who never saw orphan black were like, Tat what? Who's this Tatiana? Miss and then everybody who had seen orphan black were like, trust us. This is great news that she's going to be playing She-Hulk. Very excited to see her in that. All right, what's next? Armando says, better actor in the role, Michael Douglas as Hank Pym or Anthony Hopkins as Odin? Uh, that, that's like saying, what's, what is more glorious, John's left butt cheek or John's right butt oh cheek? My God. It's all glorious. <laughs> it is like shining the light of glory from heaven down upon the mere mortals of the oh earth. My. Yeah, I, I, butt flex. Uh, butt flex. <laughs> oh my God. Massive butt flex. Um, it is. It's because they're. I mean, 
these are two iconic actors. They're both incredible in their roles. If if I had to pick one, although I may change my mind if you ask me five days from now, I'll lean towards Anthony Hopkins yep. as Odin. Um, but Michael Douglas brings so much to the Ant-Man franchise at the same time. So, uh, yeah, it's a six one half dozen the other. All right, what's next? Korea Got Soul says, hey, John. <laughs> That's hello. a great username, by the way. So awesome. Hey, John. Hello, Kim. And good day to you, Ray. <laughs> Whatever happened to Steven Spielberg's the kidnapping, the kidnapping of Edgardo Mortara? Have the book and reading it now. It's amazing. I was super interested in this project. Whatever happened to as it? As far as I know, it's still on his plate. I mean, we all knew when that movie got announced, it was even said that he still has West Side Story to do and I think something else. So as far as my understanding goes, unless I, I, I missed something about it being pulled, I believe that is still in the plan. But all of his attention is right now is on West Side Story. And then I think he might even have one other project to do before that, too. But as far as I know, it's still in, in it's still a go. All right, what's next? Sam Fisher says, I don't think that was Kingpin in episode three, or at least not Vincent D'Onofrio himself. Maybe a stand-in, but the stand-in they got was terrible. His hands weren't meaty enough. D'Onofrio's Kingpin has meatier hands. I don't know that I agree with you on that. Look, it very well may not be Kingpin. I thought the hands were meaty. I thought the hands were quite meaty. Yeah. Deliciously meaty hands. Like a spicy meatball. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, I... And of course, there was the chickle, the the Vincent D'Onofrio chickle, uh, <laughs> that everybody says that's definitely Vincent D'Onofrio. Look, it, I believe there is a chance it could be Kate Bishop's father, who we never saw die. It could be him. I, especially after Kevin Feige announcing that Charlie Cox was going to be his daredevil if he ever uses daredevil, um, I, I think that gives us a big thing. Plus, I watched the TV spot for Hawkeye. And sure enough, the narrator says, the biggest surprises about to be left. It's like, okay, so, mm -hmm. I mean, we know it's coming up. We know it's coming. But I mean, again, it may not be D'Onofrio, but I thought the hands were perfectly good. I thought the hands were a match, but that's just me. Maybe I'm wrong. All right, what's next? Sam Fisher says, I was playing D&D this weekend, and a couple of people in my party and I were able to scare off a horde of goblins by faking that there was a dragon. I used thermaturgy to... Thermaturgy. It's thermaturgy. another word for magic. Thermaturgy. It's another word for magic. <laughs> Thank you. Thermaturgy to create tremors. Our wizard used a fireball spell, and another player created an illusion. Uh, nice. Well played. Actually, one of the coolest things when you're playing D&D &D, is when you have to come up with really creative solutions. Like you can, you can fall into a pattern playing D&D. &D. It's like, okay, X number of, you know, owlbears come out of the thing. Okay. I use my sword. I use my, and you can fall in it. And that's a lot of fun, but look, it's kind of nice when you have a game master who knows how to throw interesting challenges at you. You have to come up with creative solutions. So that sounds like a good one, Sam. All right, what's next? Sam Fisher says, forgot to mention it, but Orphan Black also has a sequel series audio drama called with Tatiana Maslany herself. It is set a decade after the original series. They're in the second season of the audio drama. It's called Orphan Black, the next chapter on Apple Pod. I'm not going to lie to you. I like to think I would be interested in the audio only dramas. I'm not. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't really pay attention to that, but that thanks for putting that on a lot of people's radar, Sam. All right. What's next? Fanimator says buy one, rent one, lose one. Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Rise of Skywalker. Well, uh, the lose one is easy. That's Attack of the Clones. I think almost all stores, Star Wars fans, all, not all of them, but almost all of them kind of universally agree that Attack of the Clones is probably the worst Star Wars movie made. Um, I will then say, 
keep Rise of Skywalker, lose Phantom Menace. I think the Revenge of the Sith is better than the Rise of Skywalker, but I think Rise of Skywalker, as bad as it is, is still better than Phantom Menace. So that's how I'll order that. All right, what's next? Fanimator says, scored tickets for Thursday, December 16th at 8.30 p.m. in Regal. Nice. In addition to my tickets for Friday, December 17th at 9.15 p.m. AMC, No Way Home Hype is real and deserves two viewings. Also, did you listen to the leaked soundtrack on Reddit with Toby and Andrew's themes? No, nah, I didn't listen to it. I mean, I've heard it. I've heard those that music a thousand times in my life. I don't need to go and hear it again. Um, yeah, I myself am going to see it twice on the 16th. So we've got our private screening of it earlier in the day. And then I have tickets to go see Spider-Man No Way Home later that evening on the 16th in Hollywood at the most famous movie theater in the world, at the Chinese Theater, later that evening. I'm very excited to go. Me and a couple buddies are going to go and watch it there later that night. So, stoked. Going to see it twice that day. All right, what's next? Spencer Flashboy Nielsen says, I'm curious what people saw in CW's Flash. As a massive fan of the character in the comics, all iterations, I'm perplexed why people like the show. Lots of people think the show ran out of steam, but I feel like the premise was built on a bad foundation. It keeps going. Where is it? Okay. For instance, the Barry Iris romance is never not creepy and weird. I disagree. I think you're absolutely wrong about that. The whole team flash angle is counterintuitive to Barry's development as a hero. Again, completely disagree with you about that. And most of the most of the villains sharing Barry's origin is super lazy. Again, completely disagree with you about that. Plus, mirror master top duo is mega hashtag cringe. Oh, with that, I'll agree. <laughs> with, with that, I'll agree. Yeah, listen... I personally think, I mean, look, I, I respect that that's, it's all subjective. That's, that's how you took it and that's how it affected you. And that's how that art impacted you. And I respect that, that your opinion is no less valid than mine, but I'm just saying you're asking me. So I'll tell you, I disagree with you on that. I think there are many times that the Iris, uh, Barry relationship was very sweet and very well done. Uh, I think a lot of times that his whole, the team flash thing was very helpful and actually instrumental in his development as Barry Allen. Um, so yeah, I thought a lot of that worked very, very well. Now, look, I'm not saying this is you, but I am saying I am aware of some people who are fans of the comics that are just upset because it doesn't mirror the, the comics as much. You got to get over that. The comics are the comics, the movies are the movies and the TV shows are the TV shows. And they, they tell their own individual iterations of them. So yeah, I mean, they did the stuff and it didn't work for you. Nothing wrong with that, but it did work for me for the most part. Again, the flash is a show that ran out of steam for me, but yeah, I think especially in those, those first four or five seasons, I thought it was a really nice little show. I thought it did it very well, but that's just me. All right. Thanks for sharing your thoughts on it, Spencer. I appreciate your perspective on it, brother. All right. What's next? Spencer Flashboy Nielsen also says to offset my negativity, I recommend people read the flash volume one, the dastardly death of the rogues and, or the return of Barry Allen. If they want to read some quality flash comics. Manipal is a visionary artist. Wade is an unmatched comics scribe. And of course, the, here's the thing. The reality is, Spencer, 95% of the people who watch the Flash show have never read a Flash comic. I, I don't think that's hyperbole at all, by the way. I think it's very fair to say 95% of the people who watch the Flash show have never read the comic, nor do they need to. But uh, it's always good to throw out there for people who are hungry to, to learn a little bit more about the origins of these characters and where these IPs come from to throw out really good recommendations like that. So good on you for that. All right, what's next? Spencer Filmboy Nielsen says, if I piqued your interest recommending 1927's Forgotten Best Picture, Winter Sunrise, 
Let me just say, it's like watching the Rosetta Stone of cinema. Romance, suspense, comedy, excitement, tears. It's a sampler of every great film to follow in its wake. Yeah, I remember Spencer brought that one up uh, a few days ago as well. And that is great. I love it when people put these ones on people's radar. So thanks for that, Spencer. All right, what's next? Danny Paul says, hi, John and crew. Been a fan for nearly 10 years now. How time flies. My question is, do you think Tom Hiddleston is the nicest man in Hollywood? Um, Tom Hiddleston is great. Hugh Jackman. Keanu Reeves. Jackman is on a. Keanu Reeves. Hugh Jackman is on another level. Cause we've actually met Hugh. Mm-hmm. Um, Hugh Jackman is on another level. Tom Hiddleston is so gracious and so nice. Um, it's it's great. I'll tell you who I think the nicest person I've met in Hollywood is though. Uh, in runner up. It's Milo Ventimiglia from This Is Us and plays Rocky's son in in in, uh, in Rocky. Um, and of course, I'm biased because he's responsible for me meeting Anne. He invited that's Anne. Right. That's right. Milo invited Anne, who is a member of his uh, Divide, uh, Divide Social Club and a few other members of the Divide Social Club who were in L.A. I was throwing a rap party for milo's movie called pathology and i'm friends with the 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 two, the two producers uh directors uh, mark neveldean and brian taylor they'd asked me to organize this post party for the rap of this movie and i invited a bunch of other online film pundits to it and stuff like that and milo, milo ventimiglia invited some members of his online divide social club who lived in la and was one of those so he invited like five or six people to come to it and that is the night that i met ann Aww. It was it was because of Milo that um, that I met them, and so obviously I'm going to be a big fan of his for life. But honestly, even before that, he is like the nicest guy. Um, actually, let me see if I can find this. I'm not totally sure I'm going to be able to, but let me see if I can, because not only like this is even before I had a chance to meet Anne. Like before I had a chance to meet Anne, this is a good one here. Uh, this picture, which I will make it so you guys can see it too. Uh, so this picture, I had met Milo at one event once. And then while they were shooting Pathology, they invited me, they flew me down and I went to go to the set of Pathology. This is me and Milo on the set of Pathology. And then I, I met him a, a like maybe six months later at another event. And he just came walking up to me and said, John, how are you doing? It's like, these guys meet a hundred press a day and the fact that they will remember people's Sweet names guy. and go out of their way to make you feel special mm-hmm. is amazing to me, but he's not my number one. He's not my number one. The number one nicest guy I have honestly ever met uh, in this business. And I'm just going to throw it open onto the live chat to see if you guys know who I'm going to say. I just want to see if you guys, I'm going to give you a second in the live chat to throw in some ideas about who you think I'm going to say is the number one nicest guy we've ever bit. Some people are saying Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill was great. No doubt about it. Henry Cavill was great. Some people are saying Chris Pratt. Absolutely. Chris Pratt is great. No doubt about it. Uh, some people are saying Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds is awesome. No doubt about it. But honestly, the nicest guy I ever met was a couple people got it right. It's, it's Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt, um, 
not only like he came, the first time I met Pratt, <laughs> Tyrese, <laughs> Tyrese, <laughs> same Tyrese. Um, and yeah, some people seeing Stephen Amell. Stephen Amell, I'll be a fan for life. He's a super awesome guy, Amell. But Chris Pratt, the first time I met him, he came into my studio when I was still with AMC to do this promo for Guardians of the Galaxy. And people still didn't know what Guardians of the Galaxy was at the time, right? And he came... No, no, sorry. Let me let me back that up a little bit. It wasn't that. It was... Um, it was for... He was doing a movie with Vince Vaughn called Delivery Man. And I don't know if many of you guys have probably never seen it, but it was called Delivery Man. And let me just see if I can find this one picture in particular that I really like. Um, there's me and Ryan Reynolds. Uh... Henry Cavill. Uh, ah, I thought it was around here somewhere. Uh, by the way, I love this picture with Anne and uh, Frodo or Bilbo or Frodo Baggins. That's a great picture. Um, let's see me and Henry Cavill. Where the hell is it? It's like my favorite picture. and I cannot find it. Okay. Anyway, uh, they, oh, there it is. I knew if I kept looking, I'd find it. So they brought in, uh, Kevin Feige came in my studio, James Gunn came and Chris Pratt came. And this was like half a year or more after Vince Vaughn and Chris Pratt had come into my studio and he couldn't have been cooler. Like he was like, Aww. Hey, what should I tweet about this? And they're just hanging out with, he was he hung out for like a couple of hours in the studio, hanging out all this kind of so stuff. Nice. He came back for this, for this thing when they came in into my studio and he was like, John, man, how you doing? How you doing, man? Good to see you, man. Oh, I remember when we were doing that thing in your office and like that the crazy tweets were right now, blah, blah. It's like, how do you remember any of this? And like, like he is, it just, when a celebrity does that, it tells me that they actually think the people they're talking to are valuable. They're intentional about their interactions. Yeah, they're intentional about engaging with you and knowing you. And he came back into this thing. He never should have remembered us at all. Oh, man, we were doing that thing. Oh, dude, that burger we had. I don't get to eat burgers anymore because he was now doing, uh, he was promoting, I don't get to eat burgers anymore, blah, 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 blah. And it was so good. And then like six or seven months after this, I go to the press junket and I walk in, I'm, I'm like probably interviewer number 37 to walk in to interview Chris Pratt that day. And I walk in and he goes, John, I'm like, Oh, Hey man. I was like, cool. He remembers my name. He goes, Hey man, how's your wife? Ann? man, I hope she's doing well. She's doing good. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, he remembers. Ann. Remember. And I remember I walked out of the room and I immediately pulled out my phone. I texted Ann and said, uh, I just got out of the room with Chris Pratt. And the very first thing he asked me is, yes, Hey man, how's your wife? Ann doing? And Ann just gave like, I don't know. What does eggplant uh, emojis mean? Uh, like, lots of eggplant emojis. Uh, <laughs> so uh, was like, what? Like, Chris Pratt, seriously, the sweetest, nicest guy. A bunch of you guys have mentioned a bunch of them that I met that have been awesome. Ryan Reynolds is fantastic. Uh, Stephen Amell, great. Both of those guys, good Canadian kids, by the way. Have you met the my 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 um my true love, Keanu Reeves? Have I have met Keanu met? Reeves. Yeah, is he nice? super is he nice. Also, nice? good Canadian kid. He's also, a good, good Canadian, Canadian kid. kid. So that's so many many good ones. I've been very very lucky to meet many many really really great people in this business. But I'd say right at the top would be Chris Pratt. He was just super that's awesome. So sweet. Anyway, sorry, I got us. Totally I hope you get to meet him one. Uh, I hope you get to see him again. I do too. I, I do too at some point. All right, what's next? Daisy Ridley's lover, 
says, with more TV streaming services and options than ever before, it seems to me that less people will be going to the movie theater, certainly not as frequently. For me, nothing can replace the experience of being in a theater. Long live movie theaters. See, here's the thing, though, Daisy uh, Ridley's lover. This is the same <laughs> thing people have been saying since the advent of television at home. Like, I remember I was watching this great documentary on it. And like when television, like when TV started coming to the home, they were mm -hmm. like, that's it. The movie industry's done. Mm. The movie industry is finished because now people can watch entertainment at home. Mm. Of course, that didn't happen. Yeah. At the advent of VHS and and personal videotape. I recorders. can bring a movie home. Yeah. They, it was the big thing. Movie theaters are done. The movie industry is finished. Because now people can watch things at home. And then when, like, DVDs and things like came out, now they're done. No longer these big, bulky cassette tapes. It's these little discs with much higher video quality. Movie industry's done. And then when Blu-ray and HD came out, that's it. Movie industry's done. <laughs> Movies finished now. People can watch super high-quality video at home. And what happened? Box office continued year after year after year after year, getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then when Netflix and things like that, with the streaming Netflix, not just the, the DVD rentals, but the, the Netflix streaming came out. That's it. It's done. Well, before the pandemic, the third biggest box office year in history happened in 2019. That was just a short while ago, just before the pandemic. Now, yes, right. the pandemic has thrown a major, major wrench in things. And I don't know that we even realize what the long-term repercussions of it are going to be. I certainly don't know. What I do know is that history has shown us is there have been half a dozen times when some new technology or some new thing has come about and everybody pronounced, this is the end of the movies. And yet here we are. Yeah. We're about to have Spider-Man No Way Home come out in theater that could become the second biggest opening in history if Kim's going to win her bet. So... Everybody all the time saying, this is the end, this is the end. And yet here we still are. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I don't know that we fully know what the repercussions and the long lasting effects of the pandemic are going to have on the movie industry. We could be in for some very significant fundamental changes. The movie theater industry just went through the biggest fundamental changes ever had in its history with a movement from single pay to watch model to a monthly subscription model. I mean, that transition is, that's the biggest change that's ever happened. There could be more changes coming. We'll see what the long-term effects are. All right, what's next? Fmonster69 says, when I first saw the announcement of Star Wars The Bad Batch, I thought it read Star Wars, I thought it read The Bad Bitch. Star Wars, The Bad <laughs> Bitch. That's, that's the Star Wars thing I want to see. Obviously, this is not the case. I tried watching some of it, but didn't find it very interesting. I love the movies, but don't care for the animated shows. I, I, listen, I'm with you. I, I did not like The Bad Batch in the Clone Wars episodes they had. And then they sent me this awesome, great big box package of Bad Batch. It had Bad Batch shirts and socks and hats and candies and all this kind of stuff. And I got to watch the show early. I actually kind of liked the first episode and then it kind of went south for me after that. So I know people that really like it and that's great. It just, unfortunately for me, it wasn't for me. All right. What's next? Ben Rayner says, hi, John. How are you? Great. I hope you're doing well. Just thought I wanted to say thank you for being a big inspiration to all of us. You made me want to get into podcasting. Well, again, like I said earlier, I think all fans should get involved in writing blogs, doing podcasts, doing a little YouTube video channel. Not to be do it full time or anything like that, but just to 
it gets you more engaged with the thing you're a fan of, right? If the, if you're big into sneakers, do a sneaker blog because it just gets you more involved in that world and it lets you contribute back to the fan community as well. So I think that's great, Ben. Thanks for sharing that. All right, what's next? Okay, Triz says, now that it's not a stretch to say Toby and Andrew are in Spider-Man 3, I wonder this, what are the chances we see Toby's Spider-Man die at the end of this? Sort of like how Harrison Ford came back to Star Wars just to see the character's death. Well, I mean, there is a difference. I Oh. Sorry. oh, there's more. There's more to it. Sorry about that. What's next? I only ask this because, like Harrison, Toby seems to be very tired of being remembered as Spider-Man, just as Harrison was with the Han character. I don't think that's true at all. Yeah? I, I, I've never seen Toby Maguire ever say, oh, I'm over the Spider-Man thing. I, I Like, I've never seen him say that whatsoever. Um, so I think it's a different situation. But that notwithstanding, a Toby dying at the end of this or an Andrew dying at the end of this, totally in the cards could totally happen. I, I expect they will go back to their individual universes or maybe those two Spider-Men will have no way home and they can't leave and they have to stay and battle the things and die in the process. I mean, that's possible too. I think there's a lot of possibilities on the table there, Triz. All right, what's next? Hey, John, just wanted to get some love to Who some... Who wrote this? Hey, John. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I didn't see the top. I thought their name was Hey, John. That's a great name, by the way. <laughs> Russell Amador says, hey, John, I just wanted to get some love to some movies I saw over the past couple days that I highly recommend. They've somewhat been overshadowed by the Spider-Man, but, but with Spider-Man. But come on, come on. The Power of the Dog yeah. and The Humans, all solid flicks and worth the time to watch. I am. Which one is The Humans? What one is The human? Hold on, let me check this. No. Um, I'm not, hold on a second, the humans. Oh, that's the Richard Jenkins one. I totally forgot about this movie. Um, okay, so clearly haven't seen it, but yeah, like that is one of the things that happens, right? When a big, big major movie that we all get excited about come, comes out, it, it, it's not so much the box office ramifications, but it's the attention yeah. ramifications. These big movies come out and they can become attention black holes that they suck all of our attention in and we forget about some of these other projects going out. So good on you, Russell, for not only checking those out, but keeping those on our radar. I totally forgot about The Humans. Thanks for that, man. All right, what's next? Ryan Lawner says, as we approach the 20th anniversary of Fellowship of the Ring, one thought Crazy. I keep having is how badly I wish we could have heard what Gene Siskel thought of these movies. Agree or not agree, he always had an interesting take. And had great dynamics with Roger Ebert. Of course, Roger Ebert is my all-time favorite film critic. Uh, I, I disagreed with him half the time, but it was his ability to express his his thoughts, his way of articulating what it was he thought about movies and stuff like that was great. And him and Gene Siskel played off each other wonderfully. And yes, both of them are absolutely missed. All right, what's next? World 777 says part one of two. Greetings as everyone. I can't wait to see Spider-Man 3, but I have one concern. We all anticipate some big surprise, but what that surprise can actually be toby and andrew are not surprises any mcu character is not really much of a surprise any of old mc mcu characters from older movies is not a surprise and even some nonsense like superman flying by is nothing special i really hope the movie doesn't become oh look professor x or oh look it's doc brown and marty driving through yeah look uh uh, World 777, listen, I've been saying this exact same thing lately. 
Look, maybe there are massive surprises coming that none of us saw coming. Maybe there's not. Maybe the extent of it will be Andrew and Toby. Maybe like Kim believes that there won't be Andrew and Toby in it. Who, who knows? My one fear is that it doesn't just become a big, giant fan service circle jerk. Because you're right. Like, oh, there's Professor X. <laughs> Yay, sploosh. Like, I, who cares? None of that. None of that makes for a good movie. If you bring that kind of stuff in and you give it narrative weight and narrative purpose, then that can be really good. But I, again, I've said my one fear I have of this movie is that it's just one big, giant, pointless, empty fan service orgy that doesn't really yield a good film. And that's what I'm worried about. Now, again, I have total faith. John Watts has shown he can handle these movies beautifully. Kevin Feige is at the helm. He knows what he's doing. So I have total faith. But if you were to ask me what was my one worry, I would say that is my worry, that they get that they get caught up in this whole, you know what else would get a big pop out of the audience? You know, have George Clooney's Batman drive through one of the riffs and just, okay, why? Who cares why? Just have them do it, right? That is the one fear I have, but I, I have all the faith in the world that they won't let it come to that. But that is the one thing I'm worried about. All right, what's next? Big Will says, hey, John and crew, have you seen on HBO Max this documentary DMX, Don't Try to Understand? It follows the legendary rapper's life one year before he died. X was always an open book, and this shows it. X was the sound of my childhood. Rest in peace, rest in power to DMX. I have not. I, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not really big on documentaries about musicians. Uh, there's a documentary out right now about U2, an independent one done that I haven't even watched. And U2 is my all-time favorite band. Yeah. So I, yeah, so no, I haven't. So it's fair to say you haven't seen the Beatles one? I, I don't even a... like the Beatles. <gasps> I know. I know. I can feel my friend Scott Mance somewhere so in the universe screaming at the top of his voice. It's like millions of voices suddenly me. cried out in terror. Yeah, I'm more of a Stones guy. More of a Stones guy. I don't actually find the Beatles music all that great. I know, right? I'm in a malfunction. <laughs> I know, I know. A lot of my friends look at me like I'm crazy. I'm saying, I'm just being honest. What? I know, I'm just being honest. Like, I don't think they're bad. Like, I don't think, oh, the Beatles suck. No, 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 no. I'm not like that at all. But I, I listen. It's like, woohoo! Yeah, that tambourine song sounded really cool. Like, I'm sorry. Like, give Them's me them fighting words. Give me Stones any day of the week over Beatles. Stones over Beatles all day. But anyway, that's just me. All right, what's next? And Maul Bajpai says, do you think Cox and D'Onofrio reprising their roles to make Daredevil and the Netflix shows canon to the MCU or its multiverse? Or will they just bring back select few actors and recast all the supporting roles to start fresh like Foggy Nielsen? I can only tell you what I think. I don't know. Hmm. My guess right now is that they are not the same. Like, if it is indeed D'Onofrio and if it is indeed Charlie Cox, which of course it's going to be, um, I think, just think, but it's not going to be the same ones as were in the Netflix series. I think this will be new iterations of these characters played by those actors. Mm. Um, but I don't think it's going to be, no, I don't think it's going to be the daredevil that we knew from that Netflix series was plucked out of that and just dropped right in here. No, I think it's a new version of it. Mm. I think it's a new version of it. Uh, but, but I don't know that though. So if you're hoping it's the same one from Netflix, keep hope alive. 
but I'm just saying I don't think it's going to be that way. But we'll see. We'll find out. All right. Last one of the day. What's next? Derek says, considering Mortal Kombat was a hit on HBO, was profitable at the box office, and has an almost fresh score on Rotten Tomatoes, do you think it's weird nothing has nothing new has been announced yet? Thanks, John. No, the movie is terrible. It's a bad movie. And while, yes, I think it was very modestly profitable, but it only made worldwide... You want to take a guess how much money made worldwide? Not opening weekend, not just domestically, worldwide. Take take a guess how Mortal Kombat made. Either of you guys? Nah. Mm, 70? Close. 70, $85 million dollars worldwide. Oh, okay. <sighs> Venom Aww. 2 made more money opening weekend Aww. domestically than, than Mortal Kombat made worldwide in its entire run. It was all Cole's fault. I wish we it could... was all Cole. Stupid Cole. They didn't need Cole. It should have just been Scorpion chasing after Sub-Zero the whole time. <laughs> that would have been, been perfect for me. You know what I, what I would love is for the... I know we're dealing with the ratings and all that. Is, is to find out how the HBO um, numbers would have translated into ticket sales. I would have loved to know how that, HBO... Yeah. You know, I wish there was a way to know how many people watch it on HBO, thus maybe telling how many would have seen it that at the That definitely theater. hurt it. But I, I know that wouldn't be 100% accurate because I know there's some people that aren't able to go to the movies that are like, I love day and date release because I couldn't go if I wanted to. But I would have really liked to know because I'm like, how would it have done without the pandemic? Yeah, I, I guess it's hard to say, but even with the HBO thing, that's... 85 million worldwide total is that's not anyway good. but i also i did the movie wasn't very good i mean that's ultimately the problem with it so no look i'm not saying they will not make another one i'm not saying that at all but if you're asking me do i find it weird that they haven't announced anything yet no not at all it's a bad movie that didn't make a lot of money so I won't be surprised if they do make another one, but I'm certainly not surprised that they haven't had any movement on it yet. If they do, do you think it would go straight to HBO instead of in theaters? Yes. I, I, I honestly, if they do another one, it's going to be a straight to streamer special. It's mm -hmm. not going to be a theatrical one because I think they've shown it can't make money theatrically. So I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. All right, guys, listen, that'll do it. For today's installment of the John Campion Show, thank you so much for being here and being a part of the show here today, guys. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in your comments and your questions. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it. And all of us involved here at the John Campion Show, thank you guys very much for your support. Guys, don't forget to join us again tomorrow for the next installment of the John Campion Show. We're going to have another game, an over and under game tomorrow. We're going to find out the last number of people who are getting invites to this Spider-Man No Way Home private screening of ours on Thursday the 16th. Keep your guys' eyes open for that. But yeah, that'll do it. Uh, I want to thank, of course, Kimberly. Kimberly, thanks for being here. Where can people find you? Thanks, guys. You can find me on Instagram at wasgoodkimberly, and please be good to one another. And sitting right beside her, the maestro, Mr. Ray Aura. Ray, where can people find you? Wearing that hat, the oh. color of your vampire hair. <laughs> it's uh, Ray Aura with a zero. And uh, guys, you can follow me on Twitter or on Instagram, simply at John Campia. You can see that right there. And that'll do it, guys. Thanks a lot for being here. My name's John Campia. And until next time, my friends, bye-bye. <laughs>